is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in via the toll-free number. Brought to you by SACL CAI. That number is 1-800-259-9231. Again, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free. Again, head over there, freetalklive.com. You'll see the main feature of the site allows you, the listener, to control the content of the program. Uh, What you do is you find something online that you think is pretty special. You submit it to our website. Our other listeners will decide whether they agree with you or disagree. They will vote up or vote down uh, what your suggestion is. And the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of our website. And I'm pleased to announce that the uh, the Free Talk Live bookmarklet, as it is called, uh, is now working correctly. So we are going to be implementing that in a couple different ways on the site. And I'll explain briefly what it is. I did. Uh, yeah, what the hell is a bookmarklet? I had never heard of. Uh, I had never heard of. You're a the book- computer guy, uh, uh, James. Oh, no. So I figured you'd know. I'm, I'm somewhat of a computer guy, but I guess I don't know all the terms. By the way, Puke is uh, is with us t- uh, here tonight. You called him by his real name, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Come on, Manwich. Sorry. Get with the program. Uh, so right now, the way to access, and we're going to imp- implement this in a couple other ways, but at this moment, if you're on the freetalklive.com website and you look in the left-hand column under the Free Talk Live 2.0 beta, there's a little paragraph there. And in there, there's uh, a link to our bookmarklet page, and then there's details on how to use it. But basically, you just drag this little bookmarklet into your bookmarks toolbar in your browser, and it creates a bookmark that says Submit to FTL. And whenever you're on a web page, say uh, you're over at some news site and you think that there's a pretty cool story that you want to share with our listeners, now instead of having to go to freetalklive.com, click Submit Show Prep, and then fill in the fields, and then you know click Save, instead of going through all those steps, when you're on the page you want to share, you just click the Submit to FTL bookmarklet, and it jumps. Uh, it opens a new window, jumps right to the Submit page, automatically fills in both the title of the page and the URL for you. So all you have to do at that point is type in your description of what it is and then hit save. That sounds so, very similar to what uh, Facebook has. You can do the same thing, right? Put, click their little... I don't have any idea. Hokey dokey. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds similar to me to what they probably Facebook do, does. Because there's where you just click the little kajigger and... It pops up a new window and there you and go. You fill it out and that's that's it. You don't Kajigger, actually. That could be another name for this. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps. So I, I yeah, stole that from Futurama. So I'm sure that uh, yeah, and I'm sure this is not an original idea that these bookmarklet things exist elsewhere on the internet. I've just never noticed them, so I wanted to bring it to your attention because it makes using the Free Talk Live website and adding content to it and sharing content with others much easier. So there you go, Mark. Did that make sense to you as uh, the not so computer oriented guy. I think that I understand, and uh, it was it was the. the it takes f- a few steps out of the process of submitting to the website. Yeah, it was the Facebook kajigger comment that really that helped out. Yeah, pushed me over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're gonna take your phone calls about whatever you want. Uh, still to come. Last night we started a story, and we never got through. And we in fact barely began it about the man who put Mark Emery behind bars. The Prince of Pot now serving five years in federal prison. Because he spoke out against the war on drugs, sold a few seeds on the internet, and the DEA didn't like that very much. The man who helped put him in prison, the prosecutor in his case, has now come out against the war on marijuana. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a bit. But first, TSA George is on the line from D.C. on the amp lines. Hello, TSA George. I'm back. Hey, what's, what's up, dude? Yeah, well, well, first I want to start off with that whole bookmark thing. Uh, well, actually, something similar to it. Um, I, whenever you um, talk about a story, if I'm listening to the podcast, 
I want to be able to post a link on that story online, like on Facebook. Um, how am I going to now find a link now that you've just um, gotten rid of the issues forum where I can find the show prep? Yeah, we've added a, a show prep forum on the BBS to handle that. So, Or it's a show prep show discussion forum that will not clutter up any of the other forums on the, the BBS. Oh, okay. So those are those are now back, uh, or at least okay, as of yeah. a couple days ago. Uh, anyway, I wanted to talk about some. I had a co- conversation with a co-worker about the Constitution, and I remember one of the things you guys talked about saying one of the imperfect things was they considered, for example, black people to be three-fifths of a person, and you found that objectionable? Yeah, I, th- I think most humans would find something like that objectionable. Yeah, they said that uh, you pointed out there was a re- the, the real reason for that was because of census issues and representation. Sure. If they gave, if they, if they counted everyone, right? Uh, everyone, you know, black person, whatever, baseball in as a as a full person, then there's so much, so many more people in the South that are, you know, black slaves that the South would double the representation in Congress. Uh, you know, and it was then it's like good luck ever, you know, getting slavery abolished. You know, they, was anyone ever claiming a, that the slaves were in any way being so-called represented? I mean, it's not like they could vote. Oh no, it wasn't. About, it wasn't about representation for the slaves. It was about you know just how many representatives you send to Congress. Well, why would the they give? Would why would they? Vote. If that's the if that's the case, and right, I'm not well, it, you saying know, it's well. Hold on, it's if a that's, compromise. <laughs> well, wait a minute. If that's the case. Then what's the point in even recognizing them as three fifths? Why not just not count them at all? That doesn't make any sense to me. Why not only if 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 what we're talking about is the way things? Hold on, George. If 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 what we're talking about is the way things were back then, uh, and they were bad, uh, the the way things were back then was only twenty one year old landowners could uh, could vote. So why not only sensize those people? Well, no. Basically, um, what it is is the land the the slave owners. Wanted the slaves to be counted as full, you know, kind of as full people, because deep down they knew they were full people. But that there more more members of Congress to represent their states and therefore their interests. You know, yeah, the bigger the, the plantation owner, the more the, the vote, vote, votes. It's voting at Congress and the law. Gotcha. And you know that 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 was the reason why I was like, I was like oh, that kind of makes sense. I mean, it's bad and it's a compromise, but at the same time, you do not want the southern states. Yeah, more members of Congress. You know, so many more members of Congress that you know. Yeah, they might have been able to secede. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just a bad situation all around, right? I find this. I find this objectionable because what this is doing is taking facts and muddying the water with them. You know, it's like saying something to the effect of, "Look, they didn't wipe out the Jews and gas them because they were bad people. Look, they were messing with the banking, or what? You know, like you know, they, they, throwing these facts in the way. Uh, the the fact is, I would imagine um, that for people that consider themselves to be black, that it is very offensive that they got counted as three fifths of a person. It's more offensive that they were owned in the first place. But there it sits in the Constitution for everybody to read as t- uh, you know time in memoriam even though it's been uh, amended out it's um you know to to say that this is why and that is why it's the absolute 
fact, but using the facts to ob- uh, obfuscate what it what what the the attitudes that were going on. The Constitution's a flawed document, and these people that want to hold it up like it is somehow some kind of uh, you know reverential thing, some 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 holy document is I, I, they're they're missing it, and they're they're doomed to failure because of it. Oh yeah, well, like I said, I'm not really defending. Oh, I know. So much I was just sure. pointing it out, and it's like uh, they were saying that uh, a lot of the founders, even though some of them owned slaves and, and were hypocrites, for for this is like saying, you know, we want to eventually have this abolished, and they were saying that that was why they, did, you know, did what they did well on, on so, that with the compromise. So, George, unrelated question: Have you seen Machete? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, twice. And the twice. Same in the same day. <laughs> I love something. that movie. I swear to Christ, man. That was this awesome. Oh, and uh, oh, and another unrelated thing about Burning Man. I went to Burning Man in 2006. That's right. And last year, in, in, back last year, so twice. And then uh, when I went last year, there were a whole lot more cops around than there were back in really? 2006. Yeah, but I, mean, I wasn't harassed. But, you know, I'm not going to say that. Other people weren't uh, weren't arrested. I'm well, not gonna uh, say that. Miss High Times told us that there were over 300 arrests this year, which is uh, not very cool. But yeah, no, it was messed up, man. I was like, I'm glad I didn't get searched because I would have been one of the people arrested. <laughs> and, and, well, well, I mean, can they prove if you had magic cookies, is that considered possession? You know, you know probably, but it would probably be difficult for them to test that. I would think. I uh, thank you for the call tonight, George. Always appreciate hearing from you at 800 259. 9231. That's a good question. I, I would imagine they have some kind of way to test food items. If they really want to get you, they can just take your regular cookie, say it's a magic cookie, give you the ticket. You won't be able to go back and fight it in court. Right. They'll never have to prove it. That's why it's such a messed up system. All right, more coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Okay, here's the long and the short of it. If you name the worst politicians in America today, Nancy Pelosi is going to be on your top 10 list. She's awful and she's powerful. There is a principled anti-war Republican running against her, however, and his name is John Dennis. He's already beaten the establishment Republican in the primary, but he's going to need all of the financing he can get to bring down the political juggernaut that is Nancy Pelosi. He can do it, but only with your help. I've donated to John Dennis's campaign, and I would like to encourage you to also. Now is the time. Nancy Pelosi is politically vulnerable, and it's unlikely that we're going to get another candidate like John Dennis. He's the only type of Republican that can win in San Francisco. In my opinion, he is as, if not more, principled than Ron Paul. Go to johndennis2010.com and donate today. johndennis2010.com. He is Hope for America. This ad paid for by John Dennis for Congress 2010. JohnDennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, at freetalklive.com. You'll find that the features there are free, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download them. They're right there on the front page of the website. And they go back uh, for a few years, actually. You get the last week's worth on the front page, and then you click to the archive section, and that will take you back to late 2006. All completely free and brought to you by... 
HostGator. It's HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name or any other kind of dot anything. They got .us, .info, .org, all those. And you can create your very own website there with their free site builder tools and templates. It doesn't matter whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website. There's that uh, WordPress. They support that, too, uh, over there at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. If you use that portal, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com, you'll get your first month completely free. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. Sweet deal. All right. So we're going to continue a story that we began last night. And by the way, joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Puke. And Mark. Uh, So the story last night that uh, we started up from the Seattle Times was actually written by the man who prosecuted Mark Emery. Now, we've had Mark on the show uh, a number of times in the past. His uh, wife, Jody, is actually going to be on with us, I believe, tomorrow night at the top of the program to give us an update on how Mark's doing uh, and what's going on with cannabis culture, which, uh, of course, is one of the preeminent publications out there uh, on the Internet uh, that uh, kind of covers all issues relating to prohibition of uh, of cannabis and so jody's kind of running the show in the the background and her husband is in jail for five years in federal prison was extradited from canada in order to uh, to to see the trial and serve this time uh and now the man who put him there is coming out against the war on marijuana That's i mean weird i suppose this is good this is definitely good news right but why wait till now dude maybe uh maybe his prosecuting this guy that all he all he did was sell seeds. Uh, sort of opened this guy's the prosecutor's eyes to the uh, injustice. He didn't. Uh, he didn't entirely indicate that in his article. I mean, he basically said that Mark Emery is a is a bad guy, but uh, you know something to that effect. Well, he sold he sold seeds to every man, woman, and child with an envelope and a stamp. That is what uh, he says uh, here, basically yeah. here, and uh, that he doesn't. He believes that marijuana is a very bad thing. However. As uh, Emory's prosecutor and former federal law enforcement official, I'm not afraid to say, this is his writing here at the Seattle Times, uh, this is Paul McKay, excuse me, John McKay, not Paul McKay. Anyway, I'm not afraid to say out loud what most of my former colleagues know is true. Our marijuana policy is dangerous and wrong and should be changed through the legislative process to better protect the public safety. Congress, as many people, by the way, the folks over in the law enforcement against prohibition, 99% of them are people who enforced the war on drugs. And then when it was uh, time for retirement and they were able to collect their pension, all of a sudden they got all mouthy about their real opinions and their, their real viewpoints. Not to say that it's invaluable. Those folks are doing good work now after they spent their careers putting people behind bars. I mean, I'll take it when I can get it. But, man, if only these people actually had the courage to stand up while they were on the job. Uh, Our marijuana policy is dangerous and wrong, he says. Congress has failed to recognize what many already know about our policy of criminal prohibition of marijuana, and that is that it's utterly failed. Listed by the U.S. government as a Schedule I drug alongside heroin, the demand for marijuana in this country for decades has outpaced the ability of law enforcement to eliminate it. Perhaps this is because millions of Americans smoke pot regularly and international cartels, violent gangs, and street pushers work hard to reap the profits. And, of course, he'd be right about that because whenever there's demand in the marketplace, whether the product or service is prohibited is irrelevant. Uh, People who are willing to flaunt the law will do what it takes to bring that product or service to the market, and they'll take the risks. And in some cases, they'll get caught, and in some cases, they won't. 
Law enforcement agencies are simply not capable, says this former prosecutor, of interdicting all of this pot, and despite some successes, have not succeeded in thwarting criminals who traffic and sell marijuana. Brave agents and cops continue to risk their lives in a futile attempt to enforce misguided laws that do not match the realities of our society. These same agents and cops, along with prosecutors, judges, and jailers, No, we can't win by arresting all those involved in the massive importation, growth, or distribution of marijuana, nor by locking up all of the pot smokers. And I can confirm this, having, uh, Mark, we spoke with a a former DEA agent who told us that while he was on the job, while he was uh, engaging in kicking in people's doors and doing armed police raids against people's homes, he knew that what he was doing was futile. He knew that what he was doing was pointless, that as soon as you arrest one dealer... Somebody else is going to step into their shoes and fill that role. He you knew. create a job opportunity. He knew yeah. it all. Well, it sounds like uh, job security. It's it's sort of the perfect thing to outlaw is people can just grow more of it and well, perpetually. Job security for the DEA agents? Yeah, yeah for they, the police and the jails. And just the, bun, bust one guy and then you've got another one who's going to step up. You'll bust him and bust the next guy right. and so on. Well, it's it, kind it, of like, they know it can never stop. It's kind of like the uh, Harlem Globetrotters playing against the, uh, the Washington Senators. You know, I mean, it, it's a game. I always guys. bet against the wrong guys. <laughs> it's a you know these guys in the SWAT teams and these uh, these narc squads. It's a game. It's not about winning or losing. It's about throwing some dude to the floor and putting a gun to the back of his head. It's and a game having, where they're playing with people's lives. In, indeed, but uh, they've been given the sanction of law. They've been uh, the flag has been flown behind them. They've been labeled by as heroes by a good segment of the population, the government certainly at large, and that's really what it's all about. Hey. I get. I mean, how many of these guys, when you have the candid conversation with them over beer, that you know this is well, you know, I I, I get to I, I get to play with guns and I get to uh, you know have it's a huge adrenaline rush and and it's fun. I mean, it's just fun for them. These same agents and cops, he says, no, we can't win. While many have argued the policy is unjust, few have addressed the dangerously potent black market the policy itself has created for exploitation by Mexican and other international drug cartels and gangs. With the proceeds from the U.S. marijuana black market, these criminals distribute dangerous drugs and kill each other, and too often along with innocent bystanders with American purchase guns. A wrong-headed policy on marijuana has also failed to address the true health threat posed by its use. While I suspect nothing good can come from anyone from the come to anyone from the chronic ingestion of marijuana smoke, its addictive quality and health risk pale in comparison with other banned drugs such as heroin, cocaine, or meth. Informed adult choice, albeit a bad one, may well be preferable to the legal and policy meltdown we have long been suffering over marijuana. And of course, he uh, ignores the fact that marijuana cannabis can be consumed in ways that are far safer than yeah, other ways. Yeah. It's always the smoking. Oh, smoking's bad for you. Well, the, you can even uh, you can get them in California in these little like mint Listerine strips looking things. Sure. Then they got all kinds you of know, stuff they, out there. Candy and cookies. Yeah, it just dissolves on your tongue. Bam. THC. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to look for that when we're That's, out there, Mark. That, <laughs> bam THC. Bam. Do you think that's the, uh, the, the, the <laughs> yeah. name brand? No, that'd yeah. be great, though. That's, that's a great idea. So I need to hire the, you, Puke. Yeah, Mark, for... you're, the, you're the marketing guy. Write that down. <laughs> I have to hear uh, the, the promo for Puke where he goes, <laughs> bam, 
THC. <laughs> Deadpan. <laughs> Not only does our policy directly threaten our public safety and rest upon false medical assumptions, but our national laws are now in direct and irreconcilable conflict with state laws, including Washington State. So-called medical marijuana reaches precious few patients and backdoor potheads mock legitimate medical use by glaucoma and chemotherapy patients. State laws are trumped by federal laws that recognize no such thing as medicinal or personal use and are no defense to arrest by federal agents and prosecution in federal courts. This former federal prosecutor has more to say about ending the war on pot. You can share your thoughts as well at 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. Uh, They include our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Go and edit virtually anything there. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. You know, it's. Um, I'm going to recommend that you go and buy this novel. It's called Progress, a novel. It's by Charles Stample. I read it recently, and uh, I'm going to. I've set it aside to read it again. I think it's uh, such an Im- important work as far as, uh, you know, making it easy for the average person to come up with good, succinct, and convincing lines for you know elevator speeches for liberty. Go check it out. You can get it at Amazon.freetalklive.com or go. To or send an email to progressanovel at gmail dot com. You can get an order a copy. Uh, you can get the first, excuse me, the first uh, part one in PDF form there, so you can uh, try it out and see if you like it. Progressanovel at gmail dot com or Amazon dot dot com for and it is all you have to do is search for Charles Progress and and it'll come there at Amazon. Toll free number here again eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Sharing an opinion piece from the Seattle Times. By John McKay. He's a law professor at Seattle University and the former United States attorney in Seattle. This is the man who uh, spent part of his the end of his career going after Mark Emery, who is a friend of uh, the show and is now spending five years in federal prison. He's currently in the maximum security SeaTac prison there in Seattle. And so this very same guy, apparently, while he was on the job, he's talking about how he and his co-workers, they know that what they are doing to people is pointless. They know it, and they continue to enforce these bad laws, these, uh, this insane war on drugs that, as we discussed earlier this week or last night uh, when we had Miss High Times on the air with us, these, these laws are putting over 800,000 people in handcuffs every single year. People are being arrested by the hundreds of thousands, over 1.5 million Americans arrested for various different so-called drug crimes uh, every single year in this country. Would you oh. guys ever see Schindler's List? I have, yeah. It's, you know, it, it sort of reminds me of the, the one general that was, a, uh, I forget what his name was or even the, who, who the actor was, but... Uh, you know, part the, of the, the film the, was one of the sadistic, yeah, the sadistic ones. one. You know, there's a section in the in in a scene in the movie where he kind of 
you know, you can tell that he realizes that he is, uh, you know, being just horrendously evil and inhuman and all that stuff. But then he just sort of like, ah, you know, that's, hey, what, that's he what he does. Do. Yep. You know, yeah. You know, it's just sort of that human condition of, well, I've already done it. I might as well continue doing it. I'm the general in charge. I am what I am. That, you know, that conscience, conscious, you know, just sort of peeks through a little bit, but it doesn't make it all the way through. I don't think this guy's actually saying that uh, the prosecution of the drug war is evil. He's saying that it's pointless. And I'd have to agree with him on, uh, you know, that point. Um, I would also say. I don't that, think I said that he said it was evil. No, but I'm, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, the, the, the story. Yeah, the, I guess the, my the analogy isn't very good. Well, you know, I, but I'm sure what these people have come to realize at some point is, you know, they're essentially doing the job of filling one, you know, digging one hole and filling another. Yeah, right. um, you know, it's, it's a pointless job that these people are doing. And likely, since they're state's attorneys and district attorneys and all that stuff, they're doing it for two or three hundred thousand dollars a year right and so hey you know i'll dig a hole and fill another hole for that kind of uh, wage and i might be against somebody who would say hey you're just digging one hole and filling another and then starting on the one hole and all over again shut up you it's a good job i get paid a <laughs> I'm lot i'm doing I'm, I'm serving the public <laughs> right and and what this guy is saying is that it is absolutely futile to do what they're doing here he says uh, that state laws are trumped by the federal laws, so even those laws that are like in California or in Colorado that are uh, permissive towards uh, some marijuana use. I'm not sure that the state laws are, in fact, trumped by the federal laws. The federal government will just tell you that that's true. As long as the men in robes in the federal government say that's true, right. then that's what's true as far as the state government guys are concerned so he goes on to say the policy is wrong the law has failed the pub- public is endangered no one in law enforcement is talking about it and few precious policy policymakers will honestly face the soft on crime soundbite in their next elections what should be done so he's got some suggestions and we will see how uh, we feel about them and you are welcome to share your thoughts at 800-259-9231 first he says we need to honestly and courageously examine the true public safety danger posed by criminalizing a drug used by millions and millions of americans who ignore the law marijuana prohibition has failed it's time for a new policy crafted by informed policymakers with the help of those in law enforcement who have risked their lives battling pot purveying drug cartels and gangs risk their lives okay i mean do i not risk my life every day i come on, on you know you drive here the, the roads they're dangerous on they a kill highway like lots of americans uh, I, over I risk, forty thousand a year i risk my life every day to bring pro freedom radio to america <laughs> i deserve a parade i mean this is absolute crap all right cops aren't even in the top 10 most dangerous jobs in america they're probably not in the top 50 and when you start figuring in things like well they're auto accidents well that they that they cause in some cases um yeah you start taking out the uh the situations where they well they kill themselves and other people in the process uh, this is uh, the, the idea that these heroes' lives are on the line every day. It, it's shallow and misinformed. There's that, and then the idea that these government bureaucrats could come up with some sort of better policy. I mean, okay, yeah, ending prohibition, I support that, but I don't support adding in some new level of bureaucracy to control marijuana. I understand that's what's likely to be, uh, you know, to, to occur, especially on the federal level. Uh, but that's not the pro- that's not certainly a liberal 
liberty-oriented position to say, we need more bureaucrats and more rules and another bureaucracy in order to, to control this drug. We need to be in control of it completely, not these, these other criminals out there. Because that's all that would do is it would uh, you know, basically give them total purview over the marketplace on marijuana. And well, that's not good. Yeah, I think once, once marijuana becomes legalish, people, normal people can get it. It's pretty much over because you can grow this stuff anywhere. And, um, you know, once once people can get it, then it's not that big of a deal. People people can grow tobacco now if they wish to. There's probably some law. Yeah, but they can't sell it. So what? Well, you got to be able to sell the stuff, Mark. I mean, people don't not everybody wants to grow their own uh, smoke. Yeah, tobacco is a lot harder to uh do correctly as well. Indeed, marijuana is a heck of a lot easier to uh, to grow correctly. I, I I'm just saying, Ian, that they're going to lose their grip once they make marijuana legal. I hope so, because people are, tend to be pretty obedient when it comes to all these laws. There's I mean, laws against stores won't sell. You know, they're not going to. The corner stores aren't going to sell unapproved or untaxed stamped marijuana in the same way that they're not going to sell unapproved or no tax stamp uh, cigarettes. So there's still the the obedient business owners that'll go along with whatever uh, program the government puts down for them. Whether that means that uh, the it's the, not going to be mass market, Ian, but people are going to have access like they never had access before. Look, that's fine. I'm just telling you where this guy's wrong in in his suggestions. I mean, he's moving in the right well, direction. The guy's wrong every time you say the government should be in the way of two peaceful people exchanging yeah. goods or services right. or commodities for another thing. Um, that's you know that that much is is pretty clear. However, at some point or another, they're going to lose their grip. Right now, the government has lost their grip on the the, the illegal growth of tobacco. They've lost their grip on the dis- distillation of liquor. They've lost their grip on uh, mostly on beer and even in a lot of cases the sales of microbrews. So all these you can use you can point to all these areas where the government deregulated and now people have much more freedom. Is it still onerous? Yes. Yeah, it's horrible. Try, try to get in a liquor business. Right, Absolutely it's very true. difficult. But if you want to get put our friends liquor out of business. to your friend, then you can can you know make some liquor and get it to your friend. Well, if you don't get caught, that is. Uh, we had a local activist get uh, get busted for having a, a still By in his busted, home. what do you mean? They came in. They they took his still, and I think they were going to charge him with something. But I but think they, they ended didn't. up dropping the yeah. They ended up dropping the charge. But still, it still justified the cops coming in and stealing his equipment. Yeah. Probably brought it home for the, to their own house and started making their own. No, <laughs> I one, no one cops. Don't know what they did with a few copper pipes, but. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This former prosecutor's got a couple more suggestions as to what should be done about this prohibition of cannabis and maybe uh, the rest of the war on drugs, too. Uh, We'll take a closer look at what he has to say here in moments at 800-259-9231 and take your calls about whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. Coming up, a a toy pony bomb scare. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Talk 
Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Puke. And Mark. And inviting you to our website. If you want to help support freetalklive.com, you want to help support the show and uh, the fact that we give you all the features on the site for free, you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We will take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring new internet listeners on board with the program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, alternative options as well. You get perks too. Uh, plus, uh, including rather, you get uh, the Amp Only Forum, the Amp Only Call-In Lines, podcast, and more. Get the details, get signed up, and thank you at amp.freetalklive.com. So what's the reason that you don't write your congressperson on important issues? Is it because you know it's pointless? It doesn't have to be that way. Your voice can be raised with tens of thousands of other people who are concerned about the same things. If you go to DownsizeDC.org, sign up today for their Downsizer Dispatch. I am a recipient of the Downsizer Dispatch. Ian? Yes, indeed, for many years. And it is, you know, it's a great tool to uh, be able to tell Congress what it is you think on issues. Are they going to listen every time? No, they're not. But at the very least, they seem to listen on many of the issues, or at least they don't get through. The Downsize DC has a great record on the things that they stand against not getting through. It's DownsizeDC.org. I think it's a great organization. I think you should go there and sign up today. All right. So I'm uh, going to wrap this uh, story up here from John McKay. He's the former federal prosecutor for Seattle. Uh, he prosecuted the Mark Emery case that resulted in our uh, friend of the show, Mark Emery, getting thrown in a jail cell for five years in federal prison. And now this guy's saying, yeah, this whole war on drugs thing, or at least the war on pot, he's, he's very specifically talking out against, uh, yeah, this war on pot, not such a good idea. It's futile, he says. Uh, he says that the people that are enforcing it know that it's futile. They know that it's hurting people more than it, uh, than it helps them. But they continue on anyway. So he has some suggestions as to uh, how to handle this, changing the policy, etc. Well, this ought to be good. Second, he says, let's talk about marijuana policy responsibly and with an eye towards sound science, not myth. We can start by acknowledging that our 1930s era marijuana prohibition was overkill from the beginning and should be decoupled from any debate about legalizing drugs. We should study and disclose the findings of the real health risks of prolonged use, including its influence and effect on juveniles. That's not an unreasonable thing to say. More yep. studying of drugs, I'm all in favor of Right. That. You know, I would, I would love to see these things uh, studied in, a, in the proper scientific manner. I've seen several studies that the government has put out there that they've been debunked. Um, and, you know, junk science isn't going to be of any use to anyone. But, you know, if there are health risks to marijuana, and I believe that there must be, you know, combustible plant material doesn't seem to be that great for you. But I've seen stuff that says that it, in fact, is good for your lungs. I don't no, I don't have enough information. What I do know is uh, you know, that marijuana is not as dangerous as alcohol, and alcohol's legal-ish. Well, do, you, so, do you suppose anybody would have uh, believed that crazy guy when he found a bunch of mold instead of cured stuff? Right, unless they, uh, well, penicillin, whoever found that out. You is know. that Louis Pasteur? I no, know, he's man. the guy that invented pasteurization, I believe. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check. Have to look, check that one out. Penicillin. But off the top of look my that head up. But me. anyway, you know, I mean, imagine if if somebody found this mold and the guy was like, "It cures stuff," and they were like, "You're an idiot. It's bad right. for you. It's now, demons." Now you're not allowed to study it ever again. <laughs> Number three, he says, we should give serious consideration to heavy regulation and taxation of the marijuana industry. 
He says an industry that's very real and dangerously underground. We should limit pops. <laughs> well, con- it's, it's very real and it is dangerously yeah, underground. Controlled I mean, by the mold people. This is where the guy goes off his rocker. Uh, we should limit pots content of the active ingredient THC. Regulate its sale to adults who are dumb enough to want it and maintain Ooh. criminal penalties for sales, possession, or use by minors, drivers, and boaters. Yeah, dumb adults. Just chug beer by the can. So like I take everyone. it back. This guy really hasn't learned very much about this. Even though earlier on it seemed like he was acknowledging the futility of arresting uh, these people um, and the fact that this pours money. I could have sworn I heard him say these things, that it was futile because people just keep filling in for when you arrest people and that the, uh, the, the there's a lot of violence that's tied to the prohibition, that the black market is a, is a bad thing. He says all of these things, and then in his final point, he says that we should limit the active ingredient and regulate its sale to adults uh, and, and, and there, there the should be criminal penalties for sales. For sales to whom? Criminal penalties for sales, possession or use by minors, drivers, and boaters. Well, so it's there's kind of criminal penalties for possession of alcohol by minors, drivers, and boaters now, right? Yeah, but he it's criminal possession, criminal penalties for sales, comma, possession or use by minors, comma, drivers and boaters. So it's so, sales or possession by minors, drivers no, or boaters. No, it's, that's what it's saying. No, it, sales or possession by minors and uh, possession by drivers and boaters. No, no. He's saying he wants to regulate its sales to adults, meaning if you aren't a regulated seller, that it would still be a criminal activity for well, you. Well, come on. That's uh, th- that's essentially what any government person's going to say. That we have to license these things. It's illegal now for me to sell a beer to you, but you know nobody's gonna, nobody cares. If I brew my own beer and I sell you bottles, nobody really cares. If I'm carrying that beer and um, you know around in my car, nobody's gonna care. Once you change these things, uh, and once once they get that iron grip of the state off, it's gonna be much freer as far as marijuana goes. And marijuana, people can grow it much more easily than brew, brew beer, distill liquor, or grow tobacco. This what this guy he has not gone off the rails. He's only saying we should do what we do with tobacco and alcohol with marijuana. And I'm sorry, that's the biggest step that anybody who works for the government is going to take. Federal criminal law, he says, should give way to regulation while prohibiting interstate violation of federal laws consistent with this approach. In short, Policymakers should strive for a regulatory and criminal scheme like the one guarding that other commodity that failed miserably at prohibition, alcohol. Yes. As my law enforcement colleagues know well from chasing bootleggers and mobsters, this new regulatory and criminal approach will still require many years of intensive investigation and enforcement before organized criminal elements are driven from the vast marijuana market. I don't think so. Why, do we, why, why would you buy, if you could go down to the uh, convenience store and buy a pack of marijuana cigarettes for, come on, puke, give me a number. Seven dollars. Seven dollars. That's what cigarettes are. I just can't. um, And I I assume they're going to put more onerous taxes and regulation. Those those ten. Those meta strips we were talking about. You could get. uh, Was it one? Was like ten bucks. Indeed, six hundred and some. Milligrams THC. DEA and its I, I, bam, THC. law enforcement partners <laughs> must therefore remain well equipped to staff the accomplished uh, and staff to accomplish this task to protect our families from truly dangerous drugs and to drive drug cartels, gangs, and dope dealers from our society. So. John McKay has not learned uh, a thing apparently about prohibition. But well, it's a step in the right. At least he's saying least, something. He yeah. can, you know, people, the normal average person can look at this and be like, "What? A yeah. federal prosecutor is saying this? Well, it's maybe useful there's from that something." Perspective.
that I'm not knowing. Or, you know. I agree with you. It is I, useful the average from that person, Everybody that I know pretty much in my regular life knows that marijuana is essentially innocuous. Absolutely. And so um, that's why a change needs to happen on, I think, a local level uh, sooner rather than later, wherever it is you are. Uh, getting changes to happen locally will will discourage the federal government for, from continuing to uh, to do the enforcement of these insane war on drugs. Anyway, let's go to your phone calls. Ray is wait, listening. Wait, before you go on, I just wanted to mention that the uh, that discovery of penicillin is attributed to Scottish scientist Nobel laureate Alexander Fleming. How about that? Let's talk that. to Ray in Washington. <laughs> Ray, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Pugh hey and Mark. Hey, Good Ray. subject tonight. Thanks. What's on hey, your mind? Uh, you know, about eight years ago, my probably at that time 20-year-old son and I were out in our equipment yard where we sell equipment, and these three carloads of guys pull up. And I said to my son, I said, geez, look at all those guys. We may sell some equipment here. And they got out of their car, and they walked up to me, and they asked me if I was who I was, and I told them I was. And they said, we have a, a, a tip that you and your son are growing marijuana on our 50-acre farm. Oh, boy. And I said, uh, I said, I don't, I don't do anything like that. And I said, where would you get a tip like that? And they said, we just got a tip. And I said, so anybody can just call you guys and say that there's a tip? I said, I could call you and say the mayor of my local town is growing and you go there with all these people? And he said, well, we go on tips. And I said, well, do you have a warrant? You don't have, they said, no, we don't have no warrant. I said, well, you're not searching nothing. Goodbye. You know, you're going, you're going goodbye. But the thing is, what really bothered me about that kind of thing is how the cops belittled me in front of my son. And, and mm. being a young guy growing up in New Jersey, I was used to cops being real nasty and mean to you. So, um, you know, I, they said, if you didn't have something to hide, you let us search. <laughs> I said, no, I don't. I, I don't have to let you search, and it doesn't matter. You can't just come and search a person's property, with, you know, without uh, a warrant. And they said, well, if you give us permission, well, I'm not going to give you permission. But it's amazing what they were after, truly, if they could have found something, was to confiscate my paid-off 50-acre farm. Oh, yeah, they would love that. Yeah. You know, and, 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 to, and to take a guy down in, in, in front of his son, that's about zero respect from these people. But They don't deserve, you know, they you know, they don't give respect. If they didn't hate if they didn't hate the Constitution, then they wouldn't have asked to search your property without a warrant. That's well, you know, point. I didn't have one law that I ever broke, and I had no record at all, and there, so they never were able to come back at that eight years because they could never get a you know, warrant. For Roy, them. thanks I for the story. We appreciate it. Hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. In 2010, you were fighting for your rights. In 2019, we are fighting for our lives. The last illusions of economic stability have shattered, revealing the financial dystopia that lies beneath the surface. The Federal Reserve has run out of lies and out of time. Those who stand for liberty will right their wrongs or die trying. Get involved with the epic animated feature-length film, Silver Circle, at silvercirclemovie.com. Just remember, when they control the money, they control everything. Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You are invited, as always, to take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Bombs and guns this hour. Yeah. Duke's going to tell us about a man with an AK-47 in the wrong place at the wrong time, meaning Long Island. Anytime. Indeed. Uh, and then uh, we'll also give you this story here out of Orlando, Florida, where... Are there any other Orlandos? There must I be, don't right? Th- 
I don't know. I haven't heard of one, but uh, I'll, I'll go take a look. Well, anyway, a child's toy, uh, this is from WFTV.com, a child's toy sparked a bomb scare late Tuesday morning. The Orange County bomb squad was on the scene investigating a suspicious package, which was a toy pony. Now, that's not really a package. Right. <laughs> This was confusing to me when I first read it, and then you actually found the that this is there's actually a video of them yeah, blowing this the, pony uh, up. Go to copblock.org, and Adam Miller has posted the video there. You can watch the uh, police dude trundle up to it and blow it up. So in I fact, guess there's an Orlando, Kentucky, Orlando, Oklahoma, and that? Orlando so wet to a subdivision of Johannesburg. You learn something new every night here on Free Talk Live. Uh, Neat. So the toy pony was uh, placed on what appears to be a cul-de-sac of some sort. Uh, the- yeah, it looked like a cul-de-sac with nothing around it, but apparently it was near a school. Yeah, um, and so it was a big pony, right? It wasn't just when I, when you hear toy pony, it doesn't. I, I didn't think big. I thought like some kind They're of a little stuffed animal, right? Yeah, a stuffed animal or something Which like technically that. Technically, it is, but it's it looked uh, in the video. It's about four feet tall. You think it's that tall? Maybe three. Three, three feet, three, three four. Three to four. I mean, well, it's... Yeah, it, so it's a big stuffed big. animal for a kid to, like, you know, like a three-year-old kid to run up to and jump on and, I love you, toy pony, mm. or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's like a monster stuffed animal. And, uh, but apparently it could have been a bomb. <laughs> Somebody thought it might have been a bomb because, uh, I don't know, people are paranoid and they think things are bombs when they're not necessarily bombs. It, here in Keene, New Hampshire, it wasn't too long ago that they shut down a portion of downtown because, well, there was, I think it was a An backpack. unintended backpack. Yeah, that was left in a parking garage. And, you I mean, know, and I'm really surprised there that the bomb squad didn't blow up the backpack. Well, maybe they were worried about the parking garage in that case. In this case, they had an open field, basically, where this thing was, uh, there was nothing around. (laughs) If they blew up that horse, and it disappeared. Yeah, they actually had a a recycling bin next to it as well, and that thing seemed to, uh, you know, explode uh, additionally into just little bits. So, you know, I wonder, what if uh, this thing had been full of sarin gas, and they blew it open? It, I mean, it, this is it, it, it's so this is so ludicrous, so outside the frame, dumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know what to do with it. Didn't somebody explain to us why the bomb squad blows stuff up? Though, wasn't I'm that sure explained? they have some reason. I just don't remember what it was. Sometimes I need things explained to me more well, than that. Uh, it's oftentimes it if you uh, if you have a large explosive device, you can use a smaller charge to blow it up, and it. it Makes a smaller explosion, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe that was the explanation, but that doesn't answer Mark's objection. I think that's a good one. It's one that I've never heard on this show before. Right. And is, just think about the insidious, evil genius out there that would fill a stuffed pony full of sarin gas, knowing that the bomb the, squad would the, 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 blow the, it up. The mindless dullards that—they're uh, not really dullards. They just act in a mindless <laughs> fashion. Uh, that that uh, you know work for the government will go out there and say, "Oh, we get to blow stuff up. I love this part of my job." And they would blow it up and then release the sarin gas on and everybody. Kill the entire and, neighborhood. Yeah, or whatever it is they do. You know, and this is, it, it's just so silly. Somebody calls and then the the mindless state goes into play. Because this horse was fine beforehand. 
Nothing would have happened if they left the horse alone. But in fact, somebody yeah. called, and then they they just have to go blow it up. It wouldn't have mattered if it was a cardboard box, uh, you know, a, a stuffed horse, anything, anything that they can blow up. As a matter of fact, there's a story from was it Boston where they blew up their own uh, r- r- car counter on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah, One of these right. steel boxes that has a tube <laughs> that goes across the road that counts the vehicles so that they can. What is that thing? Went, what the hell? Boom! <laughs> they blow up their own stuff. I mean, it's just it's nuts and they have these uh, bomb vehicles they have to justify the incredible dis- expense for these things so of course these guys are going to go out and blow things up yeah and it, it's not like this is in fallujah this is orlando florida yeah. how, on many, whisper how many explosions glenn, do they get around there yeah on whisper glen court uh it sounds like a real dangerous neighborhood no one knows where the toy <laughs> pony came from but it was found in a cul-de-sac Al-Qaeda. near waterbridge elementary school maybe Maybe. Now, they're saying no one knows where it came from. And if you were the dad or the mom of the child that owns this toy pony, you probably wouldn't want to come out and admit this. Yeah, right? once you, you realize there's an entire squad of police out there. Who says this? Right, Who's right. Because this? they want to like, charge uh, somebody, right? Yes. hell ain't mine. <laughs> they, want to, they want to come up with a justification for the uh, their actions of blowing up this toy Looking pony. Looking like dum-dums. So they're going to point it out to If you come out and say, well, that, hey, that was my toy pony. Now you owe me a th- $300 or whatever it costs uh, to buy this thing. And then the cops are going to say, no, you owe, owe us uh, $7,000 because we had to call out the bomb squad because somebody got scared by your to- That's uh, toy That's just pony. how much diesel fuel they used uh, driving the bomb vehicle <laughs> to the to the site. I mean, can, this this was person. I what? How many cops do you think were on site for this? Fifty. Yeah, I mean, unfo- let's be serious. In the video, unfortunately, yeah, it would be great if it panned away to the you know to, to the see line the whole of scene. cops. Yeah. My a, God, a gaggle of cops out you, there. You know that they they eating all pop- went out there eating popcorn. We're gonna blow up a pony. Come on. Yep. So, uh, so whoever owns it has not stepped forward and, and isn't going to. No, and if they're smart, they won't. But, but where was it found? It was found in a cul-de-sac near uh, near an elementary school. Now, near means nothing, right? Near could mean several streets away. Yeah. Um. So who knows how far away this uh, this is? If I'm sure, if we wanted to, we could look up Whisper Glen Court in Orlando and Waterbridge Elementary School and find out exactly how uh, far away it was. But Google Street View to the rescue. It's right in the center. You can tell from the video footage that it's right in the center of this cul-de-sac. So presumably there are houses surrounding, as in most cul-de-sacs, there are houses surrounding the center of this uh, this grassy area in the middle there. So odds are good that one of the sets of parents that is living in one of those homes has a child that they purchased this toy pony for. The child sure. purchased or brought the toy pony out to the cul-de-sac I to gallop around upon it yeah. and then left it there as children <laughs> tend to leave their toys out in their that. front yards. It's Especially cul-de-sacs. I mean, right. cul-de-sacs, the reason that people buy on cul-de-sacs is they're, they're not through streets. Yeah, they're not through streets. They're a little safer. And kids oftentimes will just treat the, the whole you know, circle as their play area. So uh, it's not something you see every day, says uh, News 9, uh, WFTV. The child's toy treated like a terrorist's weapon, but investigators said they could take no chances with a toy pony <laughs> equipped with wires and batteries. Officers said, we're just not taking any chances at all. We're making sure everything is fine. Eyewitness Scott Kilween said, then my mind started racing with all the terror threats and all the crazy people in the world, how crazy it potentially could have gotten. Waterbridge Elementary School was less than 100 yards away. Oh, there you go. From the strangely placed toy, the scene took on an almost comical tone as a real bomb robot faced off against what turned out to be a Hasbro toy robot called Butterscotch. 
that sells for about $350. Kilween said, It was crazy. When I first saw it, my wife was like, I think there's some wild animal in the cul-de-sac. When it was all over, all that was left was a charred area of the cul-de-sac. <laughs> That's all that was left. Small pieces of the toy, plastic, wire, and fur. But the incident made excitement for the uh, for the whole neighborhood. The guy said, fire in the hole, fire in the hole, and then boom, said Kilweed. The sheriff's office says it doesn't keep track of how much an incident like that costs taxpayers. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it might be embarrassing. Really stupid yeah. if we did that. Yeah. So Butterscotch, uh, the toy horse from Hasbro that apparently yeah. is a robot. With this yeah, just it's animatronic, yeah. With this justification that they use, they can blow up anything. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw a car that was just down the street from Butterscotch, and we decided we couldn't take any chances, so we blew up the car. And then yeah. there the was house a house that was suspicious. nearby, and we blew up the house. Yeah. I mean, just... Uh, There's <laughs> anything that justifies well, you, you it. Know, here, here in Key, New Hampshire itself, they're doing a lot of road construction, and I live near the area where they keep a lot of this construction crap laying around. I mean, there's like giant pipes and all kinds of crap that could be used as a bomb, and it's right next to a rec center where kids go after school. Maybe I should just call the cops every 30 seconds. That's all seconds. you have to do. Ah, I don't know what that is. Right. That's, that's all that happened here was a concerned citizen called Fear. the cops about this. I don't know what it is. I'm afraid. Blow it up. That's right. <laughs> I think there's a bomb in my neighbor's mailbox. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. That, uh, again, 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian. And Puke. And Mark. Uh, don't forget to join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, including our shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo to show they are listeners of the programs. See what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? Well, it's happening and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And speaking of the Free State Project, I was interviewed today by the New Hampshire Public Radio, uh, one of the, I guess, the local correspondent for them here in Keene. Uh, and that was I, I thought it was a good interview regarding regarding uh, the Free State Project and free keen and activism and you know, oh, they're gonna they're gonna make you look good government and yeah oh yeah <laughs> uh, right they're gonna cut down an hour long interview into a, a puff, three minute puff piece yeah three minute uh, who knows what we'll see how it'll we'll see how it turns out should be interesting so that's happening also uh, I saw this promo for Libertopia last night did the both of you see this I've I've seen that yes LibertopiaFilm.com. Uh, and I don't, 
I don't know if I was interviewed for this. I, I, I recall we've been interviewed by a handful of uh, videographers, but yeah, they, they're, they're following one of the Keniacs, uh, Andrew Carroll, who is, uh, he's been up here a couple of years now. He made the move when he turned 18 from California. And I guess they had a film crew out in California with him before he made the move. And they kind of have chronicled his move over to New Hampshire and what he did since then to some extent. I'm not sure at what point it's the, the film stops, but the promos, the trailers are up now over at LibertopiaFilm.com. We also posted them over at Freekeen.com so you can see them there as well. But they're also following Will Buchanan, who uh, we talked to quite a bit on this program as he walked across the country uh, as part of the Walk for Liberty, literally starting on the West Coast and walking all the way to the East Coast. So up in, I think it was Oregon is where he started, yes. and he finished on the seacoast of New Hampshire. And didn't he finish with a uh, a polar bear plunge, if I'm not yes. mistaken? He wasn't real excited. It didn't look like from that video. It looked but, like man, a he, terrible he time. He went and did it. <laughs> Jumped right in that cold water. Yeah. Peer pressure. Yep, yep, pretty much. Um, so it's following the two of them and then one of the other uh, marijuana civil dis- – not a civil dis- – but uh, marijuana political in the system activists, uh, Matt Simon. They follow the, the three of them and their journeys to New Hampshire, uh, whence they come and – or from? Darn it. I get that wrong sometimes. Whence they come. Whence they come. Yeah, it just sounds so weird. Anyway, it's looking good, and I think that oh, it, yeah, looks like it looks like a film. very professionally produced uh, documentary film that you would see on Netflix or something. I was I was very impressed with the promo that they had, the little trailer. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be making fun uh, of the activists. It doesn't seem as though it no, is. No, I didn't get that impression at all. I, I I was wondering about that when I was looking at the the document or the, uh, the the trailer for it. But then when you go to libertopiafilm.com, they actually have a link to the Free State Project right up at the top of their page. So it's not like they're trying to, to hide that or anything. And I'd, I think I'd heard good things about the filmmakers and, and being friendly toward the, uh, the ideas of liberty, liberty. So I just think it's great. I mean, there's all kinds of wonderful coverage of the activism going on here. And the idea that this movement is just going to dry up in a year and that, uh, you know, five years later, no well, one will remember the Free State the, Project. That's what the accusations of some of those sure. who, uh, you know, are, are fed, it's their fantasy. fed up with, uh, you know, Free Staters and Free Keeners and their activism here, yeah, especially they're fed in, up in with, Keen. Um, well, they're just fed up, period, because the, the status quo is being threatened, and the people who are inside the system are feeling threatened by uh, the people both inside and outside of the system. Uh, I mean, you look at somebody like an Andrew Carroll, who's uh, working inside the system. He's running for political office. They are attacking him in the newspaper. The uh, His political opponents, that, his political opponents in the, the race for state representative have, two of them, have written in letters to the editor to the newspaper, also one former state rep, basically this trying to... This isn't a real Democrat! That's right. They're outing him as uh, as an imposter, as an in- ah. infiltrator. And uh, and it's just, it's pathetic and it's desperate. They don't have anything positive to say right. about themselves. They've got really crappy Democrats running. They're right. scared that, uh, you know, some of their awful, awful Democrats with terrible voting records, one of them would would get picked off. Yep. And that's all it takes, by the way. They've got uh, seven seats and eight Democrats running for them. And in Keene, uh, doesn't seem likely a Republican's going to take one of those seats. <laughs> When's the last time that happened? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I, wouldn't bother, I wouldn't bother wasting the calories it took to look it up. Here's a funny side note. I was uh, near the Democratic headquarter party mm-hmm. uh, party headquarters or whatever here in Keene today, and sitting right in front of the door was parked a uh, car with Massachusetts plates. I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, the suggestion was that a uh, great deal of the, the that Democrat- maybe somebody Democratic Party related from Massachusetts might be you know the campaigning that goes on yeah. here is uh, it, you know it's it's Massachusetts washover. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was it's a it's a parking lot shared by other businesses, but it could have been anybody. I just thought it was funny, but yeah, it, it was, was an interesting right in front of the door. Interesting it made me chuckle. Uh, and and yeah, so when you when you listen to the critics of the Free State Project, they will howl and howl about how oh well everybody hates you Free Staters. Don't, why don't you just go home and nobody wants you here. Get out of get out of town. They only do that in 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 Keene, New Hampshire, by the way. Well, that's because it's only visible. What's happening as far as activism is concerned is only visible here. If the people in the other areas of uh, the state knew what was uh, going on, they, they knew do that there were political activism in other areas of the state, and it hasn't. You know, there's a certain uh, threshold that one has to get. There are several uh, several people in the New Hampshire. House and all all kinds of elected positions uh, all over the state, but uh, you know it hasn't reached that critical mass where there's now a libertarian veto over everything mm-hmm. that uh, has to get passed through the House. And at that point, you can believe that the political activists, that the howling from the Democrats and even the Republicans in some cases, will reach a fevered pitch once that occurs. But you're right. I mean, the 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 outside the system activists, for better or for worse, are getting noticed and keen. Well, getting noticed around the country as well, which is, of course, one of the the benefits of doing the outside the system activism is to attract more people here. Um, but uh, but my point being that uh, these folks will howl and, and bitch and moan about the uh, all of the activism here, and of course none of it is satisfactory to them, right? Uh, first, it's a complaint about people smoking pot in the uh, the center of town. And why don't you get involved in the system? And then, uh, well, when somebody gets involved in the system, it's the, he's not a real Democrat, and you know there's there's nothing that can satisfy these. You need to run as a Libertarian Party candidate. Well, why? That makes it more difficult. And uh, and he says he's a Democrat. I saw something about him supporting uh, regulation of a nuclear plant, or like a also I guess supporting a progressive tax of some sort. So I mean he he believes he's a Democrat. Who are they to say he's not a Democrat? Indeed. Yeah, I don't see. Uh, you know, they, that's the problem with this big tent party system that we have. The parties can't really limit who's uh, who runs and who doesn't. It's yeah, that's why the Libertarian Party is a piece of crap. It's it's the people who decide whether or not he's qualified to be to to, to be a Democrat in office, not the Democrats. And he's been getting positive responses. He walked yeah. around on Labor Day, I, I believe, or on Sunday, uh, t- t- meeting people, going door to door. And if nothing else, what does that require the rest of the politicians to do? They have to get out and meet their constituents. Oh, the horrors! Uh, My God, this guy's throwing off everything! But they think they can do just, uh, they think they can win by writing right. a few nasty letters to the editor. Right, I, they want to breeze always, on through. I always vote for the most evil and largest asshole politician (laughs) more coming up here at 800-259-9231 that is the SACL CAI toll free line you can take control of the airwaves coming up an AK-47 in Long Island usually doesn't mix we'll explain what happened and take your calls about anything this is Free Talk Live this program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in via the toll-free number. And it's brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. 
Radio.com. And the features, by the way, that we're talking about include our listening options. So we've got live streams as well as listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen to Free Talk Live, the latest episode around the clock. Get the listening details at listen.freetalklive.com and get tuned in absolutely free. Listen.freetalklive.com. From coast to coast, police power is increasing every day. If it comes down to our word against theirs, we'll lose almost every time. The only chance that we have of protecting ourselves is by videotaping the police, posting it online. Have your, um, have your video camera ready to use at any time. They shoot guns, we shoot video. At freedomcam.net, you can get the smallest video spy camera delivered to your door for only $49. Protect yourself and help support the liberty movement. Go to freedomcam.net. Order now and get, your, get a free laser pointer flashlight. Uh, freedomcam.net. All right. We're going to continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Jason is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jason. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to let it be known on the radio that free staters are more than welcome in New Hampshire. Now, are you I'm listening on the radio? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Am I coming over bad? No, no, no. You're, you're fine. So uh, so now, okay. how, how did you find out no, about... No, I am, I'm, I am listening in New Hampshire. Oh, okay. But on the internet or on the radio? Internet. Okay, very good. Glad to have you on board. There's a chance we might actually be on uh, six nights a week soon out uh, where you live, but I can't say much more than that. Anyway, uh, so uh, how did you find out about the Free State Project? In, I, you know, I remember hearing about it years past... Um, I never took much to, but I, when I really first learned about it was uh, when I did some volunteer work for the Ron Paul campaign, mm-hmm. and then I started meeting all these people that were free staters around the area. And they didn't upset you or turn you off or anger you? <laughs> no, 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 far from it, far from it. In fact, I, I, you know, I talked to people in New Hampshire about the Free State Project. Obviously, not much pointed because they're already here, but I mean, most people actually, in my experience, actually idea. In fact, most of them consider it like a, uh, you know, a hedge against Massachusetts moving. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what most, so many have said. Is there's the you know there's essentially the nanny state project where the uh, the Massachusettsans or whatever you uh, call the mass uh they they move north of the border in order to avoid all the taxes, and then what do they do? They vote Democrat or whatever. They vote for larger government, and in order to essentially institute all the services that they previously had that they were taxed for, and uh, trying to do it all over again. It's really crazy stuff. Now, uh, most of them aren't very most. People aren't very politically active, so it takes, say, you know, one for every one free stater for every twenty mass holes that moves north in order to do the counteracting. No, I, I agree with that, and I mean, I, I've been, always been as politically active as, as much as I've just been really angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it happens. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's people that piss me off. We need to do something about it, and most of the time that happens with government. One of the interesting things I've seen here over the last few years, though, is is the effect the Free State Project movement is having. Um, there's like a local group here in like Dover, New Hampshire, called Liberty Group, mm-hmm. and it's not like per se Free State Project, but it was created by a couple Free State Project members. Sure, and sure. It, you know, kind of came out of the associations of people working on the Ron Paul campaign and stuff like that. But it's interesting that just in two years now. We have local candidates that actually will attend. I mean, we meet regularly every week um, in Dover. And now there's political candidates that now are actually coming to this group to, you know, give, give their issues before us. As so they're pandering to you. Well, kind of. Yeah. yeah. 
They, they realize they're they're realizing that uh, the activists are not only a uh, an important group to uh, to pander toward for votes, but also for activism. I mean, if you could uh, if you can get these activists uh, on board with your campaign, then that could help you with things like flyering and sign wavings and uh, and that sort of thing. So politicians value that. Uh, unfortunately, in the early days, what uh, was found was that you know politicians that really didn't understand liberty kind of tried to paint themselves as uh, liberty-oriented so they could bring the uh, the activists under their wing and essentially uh, suck the activism out of them and then leave them on the side of the road once they got elected uh, because they actually didn't care about freedom. They were just essentially using uh, the, the gullible activists. So hopefully that's happening less and less often now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hopefully as well. I don't see it in this group. I mean, half the members of the group are anarchists anyways. So mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes these uh, politicians are awakened uh, – I mean, we've seen a couple of people come in, and uh, I mean, none of these people in this group are afraid to take any of these people on on controversial issues, and half of these people run out of the door scared anyway. <laughs> so, so, Jason, you, you say welcome to New Hampshire. Does that mean you're ready, ready to have hundreds more of these folks move in here, thousands more eventually? Yeah, yeah thousands. Yeah, I mean, as many as they can come. Well, you're welcome to New Hampshire. I mean, uh, there, there may be people down in some areas that may be, you know, complaining about Free State Project members. Those are either just really old people or really liberal people, <laughs> you know. I mean, uh, I think New Hampshire is ready for you. We need to we need to take New Hampshire back, go back to live free or die philosophy. You know, it's what I grew up on. It's what my grandparents grew up on. Get you know, get government out of my life. That's what we've always. That's what my what I grew up on. My family always grew up on. Right on. Uh, you know. Thanks for sharing that tonight, Jason. I appreciate hearing from you, and uh, thank you for your input. Thanks for the call. Yep. Nice to hear those. Uh, you know, you, uh, controversy is what uh, talk radio tends to uh, thrive on. So people who have gotten whipped up enough, they generally they're, they're going to be people that disagree. So they're going to, you know, call in uh, from, say, the radio station that plays here in the Free Talk Live every night here in Keene um, or, you know, whatever. It's nice to hear some uh, locals, uh, New Hampshireites, some appreciation yeah, supporting uh, the, the Free State Project in general. And well, because uh, normally the most vocal are going to be your opponents, right? I mean, because uh, when when you're out there on the, the leading edge of ideas and, uh, and, and activism, and that's what the free staters are. I mean, many of them, a lot of them are busy with uh, getting settled and, and uh, getting jobs and things like that. But once they get settled in, they get as, get as active as they possibly can. And so once you're on the leading edge and you're advocating change, well, those people who are uh, who like things the way they are are going to be feeling very upset about that, yeah, and they're going to speak out for the government <laughs> that work for the government, or are friends with people that work for the government, or are family members with people that work for the government. Uh, the, these people are going to speak out, and they're going to be upset, and they're going to be angry. And I understand all that. I don't blame them for feeling how they feel. I was talking with the the woman from uh, the reporter from the New Hampshire uh, Public Radio today about a conversation I've been having on uh, Facebook with a local a local statist activist who is the head of Keen Cares, which is a local organization that advocates for more school funding and things like that. And uh, so, <laughs> yeah, what do they care for? They care for more government. Apparently. apparently, money is what they care for. Give me more well, money. Well, no, I mean she cares about her kids and no, she they, wants them to have yeah, a good education. Should, maybe. Sure, it, it, I think that's. I'm a, sure of that. These okay. these organizations, absolutely. Um, the people that that are that are for this this kind of advocacy generally believe that that's true. But there's no evidence that they're not looking at the evidence that more money doesn't make schooling better. Yeah, it seems to me like they always care about the uh, the salary of the teachers and the administrators. Right. 
Well, the suggestion sure. is, is all oh, these teachers who get, well, they work nine Her months out of the year. Yeah. Nine months out of the year, and they should be paid as much as astronauts and nuclear scientists. Well, they should be paid what they're worth in the marketplace, right. whatever that is. And I don't know what that is, and the market would be able to decide if we didn't have the government in screwing everything up. Good but teachers the, would be paid more, bad teachers would be paid less. That's how the would, marketplace works. Bad teachers probably wouldn't be able to get jobs anymore. Indeed. Like they're protected there, there today. There would be a better, more efficient way of, uh, of of educating by that i mean the kids would learn more useful things and they would learn it at a price that was significantly lower fourteen thousand dollars per student to educate a student in Keene, that's new hampshire low, that's on the low side sam says it's like 18 but I, whatever it's I a lot it's, i think that's fourteen thousand. maybe maybe it's in my town it's I don't more know. than it should be it's absolutely Way crazy more. and there's a private school right here in the Monadnock region that's that uh, the, the annual tuition is fifteen hundred it's a a tenth so I'll tell you what, I'm actually going to pull up a couple of her posts, because we were going back and forth uh, on Facebook this morning. Because yeah, and... that's not a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll share it with you here in a moment, because it gives you a good example of a look into the mindset of somebody who refuses to see the gun in the room. And we'll explain what the gun in the room is here in a moment. Uh, and uh, again, you can take your uh, dial-in toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features there include our news updates, so you can get signed up and be kept in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get on the various lists. We've got an email delivery option. You can follow us on twitter or facebook and so head on over to news.freetalklive.com get signed up uh, let's go to your phone calls about whatever you want uh, and talk first uh, to robert in louisiana robert you're on free talk live yes sir i'm glad to be able to talk to y'all okay i was listening to, uh, to your april 15th program a little bit earlier today i hate to bring this up but it was a guy complaining he said he's a drug warrior basically his at the end of the show, you know, against drugs and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Not truck drivers, not smoking weed or whatever. Well, I'm a truck driver. I ain't been able to smoke in 19 years, to be honest. And But finally something came around called, you know, that herbal legal weed, what they called it. Yeah, the t- the uh, synthetic THC, the K2, uh, the JWH18, uh, I think. Or Lucy Jane. Right. and But they outlawed it in Louisiana. Oh, like boy. On a, 14th. So needless to say, to be honest with you, what I do since I can't do that, I take a methadone pill, uh, to be <laughs> honest, because they can't detect that in the drug test. Huh. Methadone? That's pretty hardcore, yeah. isn't it? Methadone? I mean, that's heroin. Oh, is it? Is, isn't it? <laughs> isn't methadone what? heroin? Oh, no, I'm thinking of morphine. Wait a minute. No, no methadone. It's methadone. Yeah. 
Because uh, my wife, she gets it for her knee, you know, uh, the methadone. Mm-hmm. I think you might have the wrong name. No, it's methadone. Trust okay. me. <laughs> it's a 10 milligram uh, round little uh, pill. Okay. Wow. Now, Since I want to relax, that, you know, I, it helps me relax, to be honest. I bet it does. I, so, so you're not taking not, it while you're driving, then? <laughs> no, sir. I do it at night when I get off work. Gotcha. And then, you know... That's all I want to say, you know, because it, cause it. So the the fact that marijuana has been prohibited in order to relax at nighttime, because you're tested frequently as a professional driver, you take something that doesn't show up on the test that is far more intense of a uh, of a narcotic substance, and that is methadone. This is the product that is used to get people to wean people off a heroin addiction because it essentially is heroin. Uh, it it is an opiate. And so you're taking it because it doesn't show up on a drug test when you could be smoking marijuana, which is a very benign substance. Is that pretty much your point? Yes, sir. Be totally honest with you. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate your call and the thoughts here tonight. That's what Prohibition does. Yeah, these are the unintended consequences. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Now, one of the things that uh, I th- I like to do when talking with somebody that that isn't there with uh, when it comes to the liberty messages is attempt to point out the gun in the room. If you can show somebody the gun in the room uh, successfully, it will be kind of I, I would think it would be an aha moment that it would be an epiphany uh, or the beginning of a paradigm shift. Uh, but it doesn't work on everybody because well, it doesn't work on people that whose uh, opinions have been set in place. And I would like to point uh, out that a lot of the outside the system activism, whether um, you know, I, I, you could argue about the success or whatever, but it it sets people in their opinion further. Um, and this woman has, uh, you know, she's she's talking from the standpoint of being here in Keene. She knows what the outside the system activists uh, activists are about. As far mm-hmm. as she's concerned, and she's upset by this. You are a throwing nutty anarchist and anything that you say is clearly should be discounted it doesn't matter if you said the sky was blue this woman would say whoa i don't know what this guy's talking about yeah i don't think it really would matter mark no. uh, if if uh if i had been involved in outside the system activism or not because the uh, the lady we're talking about here is a very inside the system person she is so inside the system that she refuses to see the gun in the room it is something to where while she could acknowledge what i'm saying and that should we should probably explain the gun in the room uh first pete can you uh handle that one sure uh the gun in the room is essentially uh was an allegory or an analogy one of those hey it's a word or a phrase that uh it it helps pointing out that at the end of the government system of punishment, it's always a gun. Uh, was it Sun Tzu said that the, or one of those Chinese guys said... Mao Zedong. Yeah, there you go. Said that all power comes from the uh, the end of a gun, right? That's right. Political power grows from the barrel of a gun. Famous quote. So basically, at the uh, you know, if, if you get a parking ticket and you don't pay that parking ticket, then somebody's going to come for you to arrest you and if you don't want to be arrested then they're probably going to shoot you yeah i mean the, the, the well, parking ticket ultimately violence is their tool for getting you to obey sure the, if you get a parking ticket then you're not going to pay the parking ticket then the you know so you're going to accrue these parking tickets the, the meter leader lady, lady is going to call up uh you know tow truck they're going to boot your your vehicle then they're going to tow your vehicle and um you're going to if you want your vehicle back which if anybody else took your your vehicle you should be able to go get it but because the government Government under the, the the guise of legitimacy took your vehicle. 
vehicle. You go in there, you take your vehicle, and there's some guys with guns in there that are going to come out to defend that lot. If yeah. you uh, maybe a bulldog, yeah. If you try to Leeward if you try Brown. to continue to try to take that vehicle, they'll they'll uh, they're going to end up tasering you, shooting you, you know, whatever they do, it's going to be violent. So the the level of denial and cognitive dissonance that uh, people who are so immersed in the system feel is uh, it's very difficult to uh, to penetrate that. So after going back and forth uh, with several Facebook posts regarding the the gun in the room uh, this morning, uh, the lady in question responds. She says. You say that I realize it's difficult to come to grips with that. This is what I had said to her originally. Uh, that I, it's, it's difficult to come to grips with that, but that's no opinion. Every government program is backed by men with guns. She says uh, that uh, it all sounds to me like once you see the light, it's assuming that you're somehow more enlightened and is very condescending. In fact, I have considered your point of view and simply disagree. It is not that uh, those of us who disagree have our heads in the sand. Often, it is that we are intelligent people who do not see the government the way you you do. It does not mean we are hiding from facts as you and others in your group attest. We disagree. See your group. We disagree. People think like that. They think in groups. They think that everybody's the same, etc. and so on. Uh, we disagree, period. And earlier she said that uh, that these are just uh, those just opinions. And I had asserted that these are not opinions, that, the, that these are facts, that it, it is violence that backs up every single government program. Right. This is something you can't deny. I don't she care. is denying it. Right. But the, and this is uh, the, the, the best thing that this points out is the pointlessness of trying to engage people uh, on forums because they, <laughs> they have the opportunity to be very slippery. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you don't believe that government is violence please call in i'd love to talk to you about that because you can't engage in the conversation in the same manner as you can on facebook if you're in real life she slipped your noose as fast as she could Mm. and you my friend are an expert at showing the gun in the room there are a handful a few dozen a a, a few dozen people on the planet that are as good at showing the gun in the room as you are and this dolt (laughs) has managed to slip your noose i mean this woman is not practiced i I think she's a pretty intelligent woman if she can can if she can somehow deny that government is force then she is adult. It almost sounds okay, like she's her, not looking at it. Her argument has come down to sticking her fingers in her ear and la, what, la, la, that's la, all la. it is. I <laughs> that's mean, right. That's she, not a very smart argument. Ian. Well, and, and usually what it comes down to with folks like this is that uh, they usually come down to saying things, and she does at one point that well, we're just going to have to agree to Nuh-uh, disagree. Uh huh. Uh huh. And she, uh, she, so she says, let's agree to disagree. I've got too much work to do to keep this up, whether and when neither of us will change our minds. It's, See that around. is much as absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, if you want to change this woman's mind, you need to bring her on the radio and have a conversation with her. You know, when uh, when the where the rubber meets the road. The I'm I'm sorry. I just you know I I consider Facebook things. I can see some things that people write on Facebook, and it irritates me. And I want to get in there and jump in and <laughs> say something. And you know, sniping from the from the sideline which is what i generally do just you know one or two lines pointing out that you know how i feel about the subject it's it doesn't change people's minds it it doesn't you you ask what you consider to be a a very intelligent question they don't listen to that crap they're stuck in their paradigm but what about the people watching could they have their minds changed sometimes what they're what they're sometimes 
So, uh, so I say to her uh, that uh, I should be probably doing other things as well, and I'm sorry if you felt condescended towards. I'm the first to admit I'm ignorant about many things in life, but I've spent the last decade of it on this very subject. I once believed we needed a violent monopoly around, but now I have embraced the ideas of peace and honoring my neighbor's choice. Typically, conversations like these result in the supporter of the violent monopoly agreeing to disagree, presumably when their cognitive dissonance grows too strong. I realize it's difficult to, or I, it's difficult to realize there is a gun in the room because it means you have to come to grips with the fact that you have long supported a system based on institutionalized violence. It means having to admit that you were wrong. And I've been wrong before and will likely make more mistakes. However, it's right and not a mistake to withdraw my support for government, which is nothing more than people willing to aggress against peaceful people. So more coming up here. Your thoughts are welcome. 800-259-9231. Is government anything but a violent monopoly? Please uh, explain. Hey everybody, Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. FreedomCam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. FreedomCam.net. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. The main feature of the site allows you to submit show prep content and uh, vote on other people's submissions. And the most voted up will make it to the front page in the top of the website. It's a social networking bookmarking site, basically. And it's pretty useful. Um, it's a great way to share information with other like-minded, liberty-oriented listeners. Go to freetalklive.com, and whenever you spot anything on the Internet that you uh, want to submit to the site, there's a very easy process uh, to make that possible. And we appreciate it, because it really is a, a treasure trove of uh, show prep for this for this program. It really does uh, kind of bring some of the best, or worst, if you will, uh, news stories regarding uh, freedom and the lack thereof uh, right to our attention. It's a great way to get something in front of us for on the air. Yeah, and if you have an issue that's important to you, uh, this is a great way to spotlight it, not only putting it on uh, the, the radio show Free Talk Live, but just getting it in front of, I, I, however, what, we get tens of thousands of visitors to the, the website on a monthly basis, and they can see your story. One of the things that is important to me is getting the idea of the gun in the room out there into people's minds, uh, to getting, uh, to showing people, to revealing to them uh, the gun in the room, the fact that the government essentially exists on force, that the only tool it has in its inventory to get you to do what they want you to do or to not do what they don't want you to do is to threaten you with violence. Sure. And the the gun backs up every government program, no matter how benign the program or how uh, positive the ends might seem. For instance, helping children or uh, you know helping the people that are in need of some sort, uh, the poor, etc. Uh, the, the, the ends may be more but they don't 
They're not justified. Uh, they don't justify immoral means. They don't justify stealing and threatening people with violence in order to get to that point. But some people who are maybe have a vested interest in the system, not just who've been around for a long time. Obviously, the longer somebody has been on this earth, the more set in their ways about their beliefs on uh, government they will be. But those who actually have a vested interest in the system, say a family member or they themselves, are actually a, a, a member of the government. They are one who are receiving uh, the, you know, the, of the parasite class, if you will. Uh, <laughs> they are receiving the, the stolen funds. Now, I'm not to say that they are use, uh, useless in what they do. A lot of government people are doing useful jobs. It's just that they're, the money's coming from stealing. So I don't have a problem with education. I don't have a problem with uh, road repair and snow plowing and things like that. I just think that they should be done on a consensual basis. And there's no reason that a business couldn't do that. You know, there couldn't be competing marketplace businesses providing such services. Well, then the, the the objection greed comes up. The evil, rich, greedy businessmen will take it over. You don't want them running things, do right, you? Right, because uh, politicians aren't greedy. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, was having a conversation online uh, today, and I just wanted to, sh- to share some of this. And uh, the, the, uh, the other side was a local uh, activist who is a statist activist, somebody who supports greater government funding of education. Uh, and she writes this. She says, I'm not seeing the point that less government would solve all this. I don't think that it's that simple. Personally, I've seen government programs, free and reduced lunch for one, do kids a major service. I know you'll argue that hunger is just one thing that would be made better by less government intervention, but I totally disagree. Look at Sudan or other countries with terribly ineffective governments. You can't tell me that they are better off. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not talking about a government that uh, is well, – I, I don't know what ineffective means. The government of Sudan is as effective as it wants to be, I suppose, or uh, as effective as, as it's going to be the way they're running it. Um, you know, the, the, having an ineffective, violent gang uh, – uh, extracting money from people isn't better than an effective ga- ga- violent gang extracting. Actually, I think it is. I think it's better to have an effective gang that's that's uh, you know sort of doing the right things. But you can't expect them to do the right things for long because they just continue to grow and get more onerous. Well, not only that, but if you're going to argue that uh, you know you should be feeding the children, well, maybe you should help out the children's parents by stop by not taxing the crap out of them, and then they probably could feed their children. You know, here in here in this town, the apartments are you know for a two bedroom apartment that a family would live in, it's at least a grand a month. And I bet you about and half because of, that's of the property taxes. taxes yeah. yeah. She says, you, uh, you can't tell me that they are better off. We might as well stop the debate here because if you ask me, people in Keene see mostly, she says, and of course these are the people she knows in Keene, the people she associates with as the head of one of the local uh, pro-government activist groups. So she believes it's most of the people in Keene. Mm-hmm. See your group as a bunch of people who argue for open containers and being topless, not as a group yes, that Yes, are- I would agree that that, that, that much is, is true. Well, what can you do, right? I mean, uh, it's, it's not true. It's it's not true, Mark, uh, because what happens it's is somebody not true enjoys. That they a, see it that way. Somebody jo- no. What the truth is that somebody was enjoying a beer in the park on a Sunday afternoon. They weren't making a stand until the cops came in and decided to aggress against them. So it's the police that that, uh, that you know that painted that picture by by bringing their aggression into play. 
I'm. Uh, I don't, I don't care free. what the facts are. Okay? People should live free. Mark, do you I, disagree with that? I do not disagree with that. Right. Um, but uh, you know, their freedom doesn't necess- doesn't necessarily reach to uh, Central Square if Central Square was just funded properly. That's the biggest problem here. And I do think that people, you know, have the the, the you know they they don't have they shouldn't have to see things they don't want to see. And 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 the the problem with that is public property. But what I said was true. Was I think that a good percentage of the population, especially here in Keene, New Hampshire, maybe New Hampshire uh, at large, sort of as a, a ripple effect away from the the uh, the crazy bomb that, that has hit in the Central Square in Keene, that as it goes, uh, ripples outward, that yes, that that's what the, 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 the picture of free staters, free Keeners, uh, whoever these people are, mm-hmm. whatever, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the labels that the average if person has. If that's true, Mark, then that why? That's what they think that it's about. It's why about this, toplessness, it's why? about smoking pot. Okay, if that's true. It's about wearing clown masks. Yeah, whatever. I understand that's how you feel, um, and it's, it's not a feel. It's no, understandable. No. Hey, this is anecdotal evidence that I have gotten from sure, talking sure. to people in town. These are business people. These are people that are going about their lives. Well, this is not is a it? few different people. Why? This this is what they're telling mm-hmm. me. So why is it that when uh, Andrew Carroll goes door to door, he's receiving a overwhelmingly positive response and people aren't associating him with those things? Why is it that when two activists went to hand out uh, information in front of the, uh, the arraignments this morning? Shirt. Maybe why why is it uh, that the activists in front of the well, what you're saying is they're painting everybody with the same brush and I'm telling you that's not true I'm telling you that the activists this morning that were out handing out information to people coming in for an arraignment for arraignments and others coming into the city hall had an overwhelmingly positive response toward what they were doing I you know I don't want to I don't want to make generalizations but I'm going to generalize here and say that people who are being arraigned are less important from a political or socio sociological standpoint in the the town of Keene and, and towns in in general, cities in general, than people who aren't being arraigned. What's that supposed to mean? People that are being arraigned are less important from a standpoint of being able to you're, influence, you're the, yourself. influence the community mm-hmm. to uh, making change that is substantive, substantial and uh, w- will have a... Well, uh, they were handing a, those flyers to everybody that was going into the building. Okay. So and that included were... people going to pay car registrations and things like that. Are those people not important to you? I don't know, man. I'm just telling you, Mark. You guys are doing a great job. Just keep taking your shirts off and smoking pot, and we'll have freedom in New Hampshire. Don't worry. Forget about forget about all the rest. Yeah, there's nothing to worry about. Well, I don't know what's. I'm not worried, man. I could care less. People are misinformed. The people you're talking about are misinformed, and they're they're hearing rumors uh, that are going around town. There's a lot of them that are misinformed and hearing a lot of rumors. Okay, that's all I'm saying. More information will help correct those problems. People that would otherwise agree with the message. Mm Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, she goes on to say that, uh, that uh, just know that picking things like open container and topless issues to focus on does not mean that make the rest of us want to engage in a meaningful discourse on these issues. We are facing things like under or unemployment, lack of health care, lack of freedoms for our friends in same-sex partnerships, poor air quality for our children with asthma. This silly lady thinks that uh, somehow that she can uh, increase employment by you know using the government. Hey. You know that it's the highest tax rate in the state, essentially, um, that's in Keene, New Hampshire, that is, in fact, attributing, you know, making it harder on people who are, are unemployed and making it harder for businesses to employ more people. It's the tax burden that people like this, this lady who can't find her butt with both hands, uh, in fact, uh, she's, she's created the problems.
and concern over funding for the arts and music. 800-259-9231. Those are some of her concerns. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. What's art and music without beer and toplessness? In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include our archives. So if you missed a moment of the show, click and download. They are yours free. Front page of the site. You get the last week, click into the archive section, you go back for years, all free at freetalklive.com. So how soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to my son Jack all the time. He loves it. It's, uh, it, it actually calls the book Libby, Libby, and uh, when, he wants to, when he wants to hear it. It's... Uh, it's kind of like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page will make it one of any child's favorites. Go to freemarketunderdog.com. You can see some samples there. Order today. Get a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with the coupon code FTL. It's an island called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. All right, so we continue uh, with a discussion about the gun in the room, the, uh, the, the significant level of cognitive dissonance shown by folks that have a, a real investment into the system. Somebody who has spent their professional career uh, lobbying, for working within the system, and lobbying for more increases in uh, the, the, the funding of the system, of the government. Somebody who's in a position like that. What are, do you, have you ever had a success story with someone like that? Have, have you ever had success at bringing somebody who's been so deep within the you know the the clutches of the the idea of coercive government that you were able to somehow reel them out of it what what ideas did you use what what persuasive methods uh did you employ because showing the gun in the room just makes them balk i mean they've they've never seen the gun the gun has not been pulled out on them they they find it hard to believe it that has, uh, the but gun they're happy be. with it you know i mean it's it's uh, they're happy they're used to being robbed at gunpoint which is essentially what a property tax but it's not they don't feel it's is. that it's being robbed because they feel like they're giving voluntarily to a system that they believe in yeah so it's not for them they're not they're not doing it uh, by the the threat of violence they don't feel like it's the threat of violence because well it's the system and this is the, what we live in and and we agree with it yeah the, you must agree with it you live here yeah so uh so i'm just kind of sharing some of the uh, the thoughts of one of these supporters somebody who is so so deep uh in the system that uh, it seems almost impossible to uh to get her out and and i hope that i'm wrong i hope that someday uh someone like this can come to the that realization that oh my gosh that 
this system really is violent and that even though it's never used violence on me or my family, that it is using violence on millions of families out there every, you know, every single year. This could be the seed. This conversation could be the seed that is implanted in her mind. And at some point she might get pulled over by a cop that's really rude or mean or something. And uh, it might click for her down the road but I, I right now yeah you never know what it's what it's going to take you never know what the right words are are going to be as of right now she thinks that i'm you know essentially uh, condescending uh that i have come to this enlightenment and that it's 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 condescending of me to suggest that she should too when she's looked at what i've had to say and she just disagrees she just disagrees it's not a violent system she ends up yelling in all caps that there is no gun in my room maybe the meat cake maybe yours but not mine arg all done with this and so i wrote back i said it's a figure of speech it's not literal there's not a gun in my room either sorry if i miscommunicated that uh and then i provide her a link to a stefan molyneux article where he explains perhaps better than i could about what the uh, the gun in the room and is she won't read it and she goes back to say, no, S, it's a figure of speech. I'm saying it's not there if you're a willing participant of this society. And so I said, I get your point. As long as you do whatever the criminal gang demands, they will never pull out their guns against you. About that, you are 100% correct. And that I hope you and your family never have to experience the direct violence of the people calling themselves the state, as have millions of families whose lives who have been ruined. Unless you're one of those lucky lucky few that uh, the SWAT team gets the wrong apartment address or something. Well, that's just it. Door. That's just it. She, it's just it's so it's so much easier to just pretend that stuff doesn't exist, right? To pretend pretend that like you can't know happen every to single you. law that you know that you're going to obey every single thing they tell you to do. It's ludicrous. It is you absolutely ludicrous. We can rule. see that. We can see that. How can someone who's so deep within the system like that be shown be shown that? I, I think it's just denial. They don't of course believe it is. they live under the well, system. It's- you know, there, there are people uh, today that believe that a monarchy or an autocracy is a better idea than, uh, you know, what we have as a democracy or republic or whatever you want to call this, right? A, a benevolent monarch, I would say, would be better than, than uh, Well, this. a benevolent monarch is, a, you know, in when you're dealing with him, when he's using the guns of government against you, is as is, uh, is, is logical as a benevolent democracy, Okay. That is a stupid statement, and I wish you'd quit saying it, all right? When the benevolent monarch sends his soldiers to you to get the taxes, they're not benevolent anymore. Oh, I understand that. All right? So there's no such thing as a benevolent monarch if there's no such thing as benevolent governance. That's now, true. there are people out there that would say that a monarchy is better, and they've just become so marginalized. I think it's possible a monarchy could be less violent uh, than a... It's possible that a mo- it's possible for a democracy to be less violent than one we have today. Seems less likely because you then you're dealing at, with When you thing. look at European countries where they're far more democratic than the one here in the United States, you will find far less of a police state than you do in the United States. Have we put that uh, stupid conversation to rest yet? I don't know. The are the benevolent monarch. Okay. So um, anyway, there are people that would support a monarchy today. They're just nuts. Okay. They're just crazy lunatic fringers. And that's what's going to have to happen. At some point, some percentage of the population will say that, you know, they're, they're, they've had it with the, the uh, you know, the, the, the government and all of its uh, growing and taxes and all the things that make it so awful. And they'll just say, we're going to put something in place 
place that's better than this, that uh, allows more freedom for more people, provides better services, and does it on a moral, moral basis, or whatever it is that they come up with. And at that time, the people that say, we've got to fund the schools by threatening to peep, take peep the, the houses that the kids live in away from them, um, those people that, that have that system will just be considered fringe lunatics. You cannot convert this lady, and wasting your time on her, um, you know, it makes for good radio, and it's fun. I, I, admittedly, I've I've participated in the same kind of trollish behavior, but uh, you know it, that's that's all it is. It's 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 poking the bureaucrats with sticks. So you don't think it's you don't think there's any hope, huh? You think that like, not for somebody like her is is so deep inside the system that it's impossible to to extricate them. As uh, in the Matrix, for instance, you know, once you are too old, you're beyond the the point of saving that kind of thing. I, I would say that, uh, yes, at some point, it, yeah, there's all kinds of ways that it makes it difficult for a person who believes in the ideas, uh, to, uh, believes in the ideas of liberty to con- convert another person. A, if somebody is paid by that system, very difficult. If yeah. somebody is older than you, difficult. If you find somebody who's older than them, then, they, then you're working on this sort of societal thing that old people are smarter than young people. Um, if it's somebody who's rich versus somebody who's poor, uh, there's this, uh, there's this strata issue that you can use if there's somebody who is a teacher versus a student uh, you know all those things there's these these uh, societal norms come into play uh, it would just be roles. too it would just be too destructive of their uh, their mindset of their belief system to come to to understand that this is a violent monopoly maybe okay. arguing that uh, showing the person you know how taxation is hurting people instead of the violence of the gun in the room so to speak maybe that's a better tack to take with someone like this toll free number is 800-259-9231 if you've got a success story with somebody who's this deep in the system i'd love to hear it this is free talk live 1-800-259-9231 take control bring up anything Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Again, uh, take control of the airwaves. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Puke. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam there with uh, free access. You don't have to pay any kind of fee in order to watch this show. Why? You'd have to be crazy to pay to watch us. Yeah, I don't know who would. Uh, and uh, it's free, and you can watch and listen and chat. People pay to watch Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck. What could possibly be going on in those studios? It's weird. It's fun. I don't know, but it's weird. So anyway, uh, you can uh, watch it for free, and you can chat with other listeners at the same time. All over at cam.freetalklive.com. The cam is brought to you by 
by MemoryDealers.com. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. Not only do they offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, but they have great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches. Their stuff's in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right. Uh, we continue here with your thoughts about what you want going to Andrew in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andrew. Hey, greetings, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, you guys were talking about uh, the best ways uh, or some of the uh, best ways to convert people to liberty and uh, techniques uh, used to get through to them. Specifically, the people who are, because there are different groups of people who are easier to to uh, bring on to these ideas than others. I mean, people that have had the government aggress against them or their family or their friends, they're wide open uh, for this message. Whereas somebody who's deep inside the system, somebody who's who's benefiting from it, who's receiving a pension, who's receiving a paycheck, uh, who has a friend or a family right. member. I think the paycheck is more important than the pension. The pension, they feel, is guaranteed to them. However, once yeah, they, uh, you know, when, when they're working on getting that pension, that's when their, uh, you know, their, their level of loyalty is the highest. So, yeah, those people specifically, what uh, do you have a recommendation? Yeah, um, I've uh, had uh, plenty of interactions with people who, you know, essentially work for the state and also, uh, you know, family members who, you know, benefit from the state as well as, you know, friends and family. I I feel that, you know, family is one of the hardest as well as coworkers. And the technique I've always used and, you know, it's kind of a path of least resistance is, you know, typically as long as you're principled, people will know where you stand, but you can kind of pick your battles in, you know, kind of polite conversation, you can kind of capitalize on certain moments when people are talking about everyday issues, uh, for example, you know, you know, a news article about, you know, regulations on um, prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. And you, you can, if you have a good base of, you know, knowledge about the subject, or you can kind of, you know, weasel in the liberty message to that, you can kind of just plant that seed or, you know, bring up the issue of, well, hey, you know, why does the government have to get involved in that? And usually you can steer that in the direction of, you know, something that you're more knowledgeable about or bring it to something that they're more knowledgeable about, as in, you know, why do you think the government is more knowledgeable about, you know, say, you know, prescription drug regulations than, you know, you are? You know, you go to the, you know, pharmacy and you buy prescription drugs. Do you really think that the person, you know, making 80000 to $130,000 a year really knows that much more or knows yeah, they're that trained. much more they're than trained your experts. doctor? I think they, that, yeah. that uh, most people would say, of course they know more. They're trained experts. That's what they do for, for a living. Of course they know more. They should be in charge of that. Right. And then you can you can pick those people apart by saying, you know, well, you know, do you think that all people agree on the way things are done? And then you can distill it down into the fact that, you know, well, you know, eventually, you know, what the government is doing is just stealing money from people to pay for it. Yeah, but we need leaders to decide uh, for us. We, we don't know these things, and we need to have our dear leaders uh, decide what is right. And I'm, I'm happy to pay for those sorts of things. I'm, I'm putting myself in the role of the, uh, the statist. Right. I want a protection. I think that the government keeps us safe and, and that uh, these are experts, and I'm happy to pay my taxes to make sure that my kids get uh, safe medicines. You just right. want to and leave then, it to greedy then, corporations. 
Right, and then and you can, can you can distill it down into you know, well, do you want the government picking out what you go to you know the supermarket to buy? Do you you know want them choosing you know when you make your list of you know you know things to buy at the store, you know, and you have that's those a, things yeah, that you want to buy? Point. Do you think that they should tell you what to buy? Well, no, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the where they currently are, and I think that they should be there. Everybody's fine right. with the food that we buy. That's all fine. We've got the USDA checking out things there, and uh, you know the government's looking out for us in those areas. They're helping keep uh, us safe. Oh, you're going to be disappointed. And then, <laughs> right, and and then you can really point out the the fact that you know, well, the government regulations don't actually keep you safe because plenty of people get sick from food that they supposedly inspect. Now, you're saying that all of this would be in a perspective of if you know the person, right? Like if you happen to be around this person often enough to where an issue might come up that you can kind of see an opening where you can point out the aggression of the state and the, the unintended consequences that it might have and have it resonate right. with them at that point in time. I'm, I'm just yeah. battling you for the fun it's of it here. Yeah, but, it's kind of like um, Mark's uh, sniping on Facebook, but it's in a more you know it's in a personal uh, capacity, but it's in you know it's polite sniping in that you you can seize the opportunity and you can just kind of throw the issue out and you know it kind of takes and I, I found that it, you know it's taken me a while to kind of hone the message so that you can kind of plant the seed with people in that you know you don't really have to you know get into a you know knockout drag out debate with people. But you can kind of, you know, drop, yeah. That's usually a bad you know, idea, right? Usually, it's a, essentially, you're going to come to either, you know, you're going to confront them right there, then and there, which is unlikely, very unlikely, or you're just going to battle it out and not really get anywhere because, you know, it takes time to, you know, change people's worldview. Andrew, I want to thank you for the thoughts and uh, the ideas tonight. 800-259-9231. You know, I think that uh, I, I, I'd largely agree with what Andrew said, but it just sort of brought something up in my mind. And something that uh, those in the liberty community and probably on this show to some extent we do is uh, you know, mistakenly alienate people who do work for the government. If you include people that work for companies and organizations that have contracts with the government, you're talking about something like half of the population in America works mm-hmm. for the government. So you're talking about an important... One in six are on welfare. Right, an important uh, segment of the population when you're talking about people to convert. And many, 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 many people, uh, I believe uh, Andrew included, work for the government that believe in the ideas of liberty. Mm-hmm. So That's true. you need to, when you talk about these ideas, not... Talk about the person. You're not talking about people who work for the government suck because you're saying that the funding mechanism for the government is violence uh, is immoral, and here's why. Yeah, we believe. You know, we believe in the the, the market. Yeah. I wasn't the, the one calling her stupid, Mark. That was you on the air. No, this lady. Uh, you know, when she when when it was shown to her, she was acting like adult. She was sticking her fingers in her ear. And but that's cognitive dissonance. It doesn't mean that she's stupid. So you're the one that was calling names. I wasn't. Look, although I did use the term parasite, uh, which probably wasn't <laughs> probably wasn't wasn't fair. But not yes. all parasites are bad, right? I guess yeah. There's some. That, well, yeah. There's uh, hmm. no. I think uh, if a parasite's not bad, it's called a symbiote. But yeah. no, you're right. You're right about that. Uh, so. Moving along. But you're right, Mark. Yeah, the sticking one's fingers in one's ears is is essentially what this person but it, was it's doing. It's hard to do to not insult somebody who's just. 
you know, you're making a logical argument and they're just, I don't want to hear it. I mean, it's, it is kind of hard it's, to not I think it's, sneer at them a little bit. Well, I see where you're coming from, but I think it's easier to uh, to empathize with them. I mean, we, we've all been in that role, right? We've all been in the, the role where we're shocked by some new information that uh, that shocks our belief system to its very core. And we don't want to have that happen because it means that we are wrong. And we yeah. don't want to be wrong. So it's easier to just go, la, 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 la. Then uh, actually think about and uh, and come to the realization that oh my gosh what have I been doing with my life what have I been advocating all of this time yeah especially in this case if you're like this person who's you know a family member works for the government mm-hmm. uh, you you work for she a does not-for- too I believe a not for profit well. organization that uh, advocates for larger uh, government intrusion right. you have been telling all your friend uh, your relationships your business relationships your friend relationships all of them are built upon the idea of building right. the government. And it's built upon the idea of helping kids. You know, she wants to increase uh, this funding for the schools to help children. And the idea that this is, uh, that you could, that that you're threatening people to help children is a very, well, it's a shocking idea. And it's hard to accept. More coming up. Take control. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for your call. We can make it right now to 1 800 259 9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI 800 259 9231. You want to support the show? You can shop with us at Amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of Amazon's profits. It's that simple. You get your shopping done, you get the stuff you're looking for, great prices, free super saver shipping on a whole bunch of their brand new items, even buy used if you want to, dozens of categories in which to shop, get your shopping done, amazon.freetalklive.com. Today's businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, and educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of consumers who fail to pay their bills. You may believe that this debt only affects these industries and businesses. However, when people do not pay their bills, all consumers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So if you have or know any businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-obligation, no-cost proposal. SACL CAI repositions companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation. See their banner at freetalklive.com. All right, so we're going to continue and uh, take your phone calls about what you want. Dan is listening in West Virginia to WVTS. Hello, Dan. Dan in West Virginia. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. Hey. What's on your mind tonight, Dan? I just want. Great. Um, I just wanted to know what you think about the the Bush tax tax cuts not being extended by Obama. The Bush tax cuts not being rescinded by Ex- Obama. Extended. Oh, not being ex- extended. Extended. Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess Bush cut some taxes for some people, but he didn't cut the size of government. Um, I mean, I'm, a, I'm in favor of anything that reduces people's uh, burdens, uh, the state's burdens on people. So uh, I guess I would be against the rescission of those cuts, but it didn't do anything to make the government smaller. I think that's the ultimate uh, concern, don't you think? Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, one of the things that really bothers me about uh, the, the, the Republican way of doing things is the kind of deficit and spend, uh, you know, thing that they, they do. I do think that if we're going to have a government, that, that the moral obligation of that government is to spend no more money than it takes in, in the same way that that's the sort of the moral obligation of the, the individual. If you're spending more than you take in, pretty soon you're going to go bankrupt and you owe people and they're out money and you've stole, essentially stolen their money. So so uh, the the political parties uh, seem to be sort of warring between, you know, whether you should, uh, you know, spend money and add it to the deficit or spend money and, and put it into taxes. So I would say that I would like to see lower taxes. However, at the same time, I think that government should tax at the level that it uh, spend at the level it taxes. So I'm all for cutting 90% of the taxes out and for cutting you know 94% of the size of government. Did that answer your question? No, yeah. Thanks. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Dan. 800-259-9231. Let's continue. Uh this one is Dylan in Arizona on the amp lines. Hello, Dylan. Hey there. Dylan, what's on your mind? Hey, I I, I just heard your uh podcast uh the show uh, from the other night, you were talking about, uh, I guess it was Wayne who mentioned the uh, Patriot Act was just ready to go right off the shelf uh, mm-hmm. right after 9-11. Yeah. And uh, there was a reason for that. It was because it had recently uh, gone down uh, in a close vote. It was previously entitled the Methamphetamine Anti-Proliferation Act. So <laughs> it had been previously labeled as a drug war bill. So you mm. see that the... They won't let any crisis go to waste. They'll use any excuse to get their, their bills passed. So when they sure couldn't will. get it passed as a drug a drug war bill, uh, they had this uh, big terrorist attack. They uh, moved the deck chairs around and gave it a cute uh, acronym name, and uh, it flew right through. So Yep, that's that was, all it that's took. Why it, was, yeah. it was just the that's wrong acronym the first go. time. They, they should have called it the Patriot Act the first time, and it would have gone through. Yeah, nobody likes math. Absolutely. I just wanted to comment on that because, uh, you know, he he seemed to be suggesting it was sort of conspiratorial, and and, uh, I think it's a bit more mundane than that. You know, the government always has. They they just have these stock pieces of boilerplate, all this stuff they want to get done. Uh, They have their staffers write it up, and they're just waiting for the right opportunity, the right crisis to exploit, to ram this crap through. That is what I felt like what he was saying. That is conspiratorial, and I felt that's what he was saying. I mean, I know right now that the government has some really arduous, awful bits of legislation that it's waiting for the next big thing in order to stick down our throats. That doesn't mean they're planning to, to engage in the next big thing, uh, so as maybe more of the conspiracy theorists might allege, but it does mean that they are prepared for it and prepared to, uh, to engage in whatever the next level of the police state is in, resu- in response to it. No, that's what I meant. I, I just didn't. I got the impression he was saying it was like perhaps a, a spoke in the plan of the whole 9/11 inside job thing, and and uh, you know that that stuff comes out this time of year. People start <laughs> bandying about those wild conspiracy theories, and I was just uh, just wanted to say that uh, if anybody thought that was that was the case, that no, this legislation had been written for another purpose. Uh, Dylan, uh, thanks for informing. Long. I appreciate the uh, the call. Thank you for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to Paul in California. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live. Ian Puke and Mark. Hi, guys. Hey, Paul. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, it, this kind of goes back to what Mark was saying about unionizing, you know, people in government. And I think it's important in general. You know, we were talking about how to speak to people about the ideas of liberty. 
And I think it's important to debate the idea rather than the person. So rather than saying you're a bad person, you're advocating a bad idea. And I might even say you're currently advocating a bad idea because you want to make it seem to the person that it's very easy for them to change their position. They're not person their personality, their personhood is not defined as that issue. So they're, you want to separate them from that position so that they're, they feel that they can change very easily. It's an interesting. Uh, I think that's yeah. That's generally approach. what you do by uh, you know choosing not to name call and things like that. So um, if you're acting like uh, a jerk. That doesn't mean that you are a jerk. So, because a jerk acts like a jerk all the time, whereas mm-hmm. uh, a person who's acting like a jerk is being well normal because everybody does that. So, um, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. That's generally what you have to do. Yeah, there's a well-known psychological principle that the more people are committed, the more people have done on behalf of an idea, uh, the more difficult it is for them to change. And that's why yeah. people who have been involved in the system for so long, it's hard for them. And you don't want to make it harder by further defining them in conjoint, you know, conjoining them with that the bad idea to say you're this or you're that. You want to say, oh, you're currently advocating this, but it's a bad idea. You should advocate something else because of X, Y, Z. So. I love it. Great suggestion. Thanks. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to share tonight? No, nope, that's it. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate hearing from you at one eight hundred. Two five nine ninety two thirty one. I think that was pretty good. Yeah, I, you know, it, it sounds so reasonable there, right? It's also hard to do these things when you're in the heat of a of a conversation well, as uh, as I, well. I think so. that's true, um, and it takes practice. Yeah. Uh, also, you have to understand that uh, things that are going on on the radio aren't the same thing. When you're reading a Facebook post on the radio and you call names, it's different than you know sitting in front of somebody having a debate at uh, you know the bar. I don't think it's ever appropriate to call somebody a name like that. I don't care if you're on the radio or not. I don't. I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I think that you can use people as an example. If somebody is being adult, you can use the term "dolt." I, look, I understand um, what where you're coming from, but I think that there are times when people are can be motivated by a passionate argument, and you know, part of that can be name calling. You're not. I'm. Ian, what I'm not saying is I'm never going to convince this lady. You're never going to convince this lady. So calling her adult when she's clearly ignoring but that makes facts. You, but that makes you seem uh, rude and childish. It also and, makes the person who might who might otherwise why not just simply it call also it. makes the person who wouldn't interrupt me uh, the, the 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 person who might otherwise act like adult say oh wow ignoring facts means that people will consider you to be adult. So it can teach a lesson at the same time. Hmm. Rush Limbaugh and so many of these I other... I care what he does. I, I understand you don't care. <laughs> but he's had a very successful show so? and converted a lot of people and been, uh, been very important in the political movement over the past two decades. Well, are you going to tell me that Rush Limbaugh making up childish names for his opponents is somehow uh, a good thing? Um. It, it, it's, has it been successful? He's playing in a different. We're arena. successful too. It, he's the show's profitable, and we have no debt. I'm I'm talking about his. Uh, he's when Rush Limbaugh says something on his show, it shakes the nation. The, the, okay, the, the, well, he's the got six hundred radio affiliates, sure. and he's had twenty years to build uh, plus years to build the show. I'm so. just saying that there's uh, that there's different ways to make an argument, and you you know that's fine. You you can be the bad guy, as far as I'm concerned, Mark. I I'm do, am talk, I the bad guy on the show? Yeah, for you're God calling sakes. him adults. You're calling people stupid yeah i think that's i think that's a poor choice oh, i'm yeah i'm the bad look he you're just the called me a name, madman the bad guy you're, you're i called sh- one person adult one time on the show you called her you, stupid you've called names on the show too and i'm the bad guy you're, the, do you you're see clearly what, the shouting madman how of the you're show. acting like a nut no i don't see it puke what do you see here 
I see two guys yelling at each other. <laughs> and I think there's, there's an appropriate time if somebody's acting stupid to call them stupid. Or if their actions are stupid, to point it their, out to them. Their actions in this case were based on cognitive dissonance. There's a very intellectual way to, to speak about uh, what that person was experiencing. There the might be, was, but it's more fun if Mark calls him adult and then you yell at him. And then yeah, I agree with Just you. get to be entertained. That way he looks like a shouting conservative <laughs> madman talk show. Uh, host and Ian, you know, you've called people names too. So That's probably true. Well, call, human, me, call me out on it when I do. You're a parasite. Time. Shut up. All right. We'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime <laughs> at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post, and uh, you know, I, we we try not to just bring the same guest over and over on the show, but uh, I, you know, it's it's so important here. Um, I've got Kale Paget. Kale, are you there? I am here now. You're uh, you're an economist at the Tax Foundation there in Washington D.C. You're a George Mason uh, graduate, and um, you've recently done a, a another another one of the min- myriad of studies. The Tax Foundation puts these things out all the time, and uh, I I don't report on all of them, but this one was so important and affects so many people in the United States that I thought that we we just had to have you back on. It's, yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah, you. Do, um, do you want to give the title of it, or shall I? Um, you can talk about it for a second. Okay, it's called uh, "Property Tax Collections in, um, Increased Despite Decline in Home Values from 2007 to 2008." State and local property tax revenues increased four percent nationwide. Yeah, and so um, this is kind of an interesting result that we um, we weren't really uh, expecting to find this, um, and so uh, I, unless you've kind of been hiding in a cabin in the woods somewhere. Uh, it's The major story is, of course, that uh, the housing bubble finally popped and, uh, you know, housing prices began to decline. And so uh, the census recently put out um, their new data for um, the fiscal year 2008. And so now we could really compare what was happening, um, you know, when the uh, housing market was really kind of falling apart and really at one of its, um, you know, really when the downturn was at its uh, biggest point. And so, what we did was we um, basically just looked at the um, drop in the property taxes that census reports, um, and we uh, then and then also looked at basically what was happening with um, home values at that same time. So we know that home values went down. The best, uh, one of the best indexes we have for home values is the Case-Shiller index. Okay. And we found yep. And so this declined by sixteen um, percent. Uh, so home values lost about sixteen percent. Uh, of their value um, during this period, and what's the period? It's two thousand and seven and two and two thousand and eight. The two calendar years. Yeah, it's from two. Yeah, it's from uh, the. Uh, yeah, it's from uh, fiscal years two thousand seven to uh, fiscal year two thousand eight. So right in that kind of peak time when we were the economy was downturning and the uh, real estate bubble was popping. And uh, and so that's obviously this is um, you know a huge decrease, sixteen uh, uh, percent for home values that happened, and so. We would likely expect that since home values were falling, uh, property tax values would uh, fall at this 
same time. Sure, uh, Go- government we- that is there in order to uh, you know to serve the people. That's what we're told. Um, it's the big lie, <laughs> and yeah. the government's there to serve the people. Surely, in times of economic crisis, when uh, people across the board, except for people that work for the government, are losing their jobs, yeah. um, that uh, you know unemployment is at a rate that uh, we haven't seen in this country in decades. That surely government will tighten its belt and uh, begin spending less. It, it must have not acted like the uh, grasshoppers, but in fact acted like the ants and ferreted away some of the money during the uh, the, the times that it was that, that uh, revenues were fat just a, a few year, short years ago. Um, surely it's taken some of that money, put it away, and uh, it can use that money wisely in order to uh, benefit the the, the people that uh, it's supposed to serve. Right. No, absolutely. That's that's what we'd expect, or we'd at least expect um, <laughs> kind of a level where you know, if the if the basically the taxable base uh, falls, which that you know basically the same thing. You can imagine if you know more people are unemployed, you just have less income to tax. Income tax revenue should fall. Well, property tax should act the same way. That as property values fall, you would expect the property tax uh, uh, in uh, collections to fall as well. But sure. instead, we actually found a. Uh, 4.2 percent uh, increase uh, uh, for the nation overall. So, so quite, now, uh, you I know, guess I have the a, opposite was happening. I have a question on this. Is this um, mean that in order to uh, make up for the shortfall that governments increased sort of their millage rates by 4.6 percent, or that revenues uh, increased? 4.6% over the year previous or the year previous or whatever a uh, two years previous or whatever that is. Yeah. Uh it actually unfortunately means that um the actual uh overall increase in revenues increased. God. So this is a revenue increase. This isn't just a, a rate increase of 4.2%. This is seeing the actual uh increase in the revenues during this time. You know, it's absolutely, I mean, it, it's as close as you can get to criminal without it being criminal. You'd think that at the very least, these governments would say, well, you know, it's lean times for people, but we, we have to make our budgets, so we'll raise the millage rates and people won't have to pay anything more than they did last year, but we need to have the same amount of revenue that we did in previously. In fact, they said that numbers had to go up, that it's lean times, but we don't care, you got to pay, we, we have optical and dental and uh, mandatory uh, cost of living increases for our employees, and, and you got to pay. We plus that new school we put in. Yep. No. Exactly. That's kind of um, basically what happened. Now, there's um, you know a couple things that likely happened that caused this. So one of the things is is that um, you know some state governments, um, as part of to try to reach a balanced budget for themselves, had previously been um, giving money to localities. A little, you know, a lot of that money was cut, and so in order for that to happen. Um, localities had to step in and fill in for that lost revenue. And so it's, it's um, you know, someone got more money, you know, or an increase in revenue, but, you know, it's hard to determine whether it was really the um, localities or if the state governments were kind of, uh, both of those had a role in that. I see. So uh, state governments, they, they get some of the property tax, and they decided to reallocate because, of course, the the, the times were leaner to some extent, so they reallocated. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, locality, the, the municipalities, they said to themselves, well, we're not getting as much money from the, the, the state government, so we still have to meet uh, you know budgets here, and so we're going to have to increase uh, revenue. So it looked like it may have been coming from the municipalities, but it could very well have been the cause of the state at the same time. Exactly, exactly. So it's I mean, you know, likely, even though this was uh, largely a uh, municipality uh, tax increase, we can say that we're not sure, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say which one was the, the really causing this. 
uh, to occur. You'd have to, you know, it's kind of a, an individual state by state um, issue on that, in terms of that. So. Yeah, you know, it, it, it if if this was if I didn't already believe that the government was capable of things like this, I think that this would take my breath away. That this would be a real gut punch for uh, the average person listening. Uh, I think that Free Talk Live listeners are a bit more jaded when it comes to uh, government mm-hmm. spending the most. But I mean, I just <laughs> the the hubris, uh, the, you know, the callousness of these people to raise to raise the revenues that they're getting during the the worst economic times that we've seen in in decades since the great depression and mm-hmm. I, I it's amazing i'm sure they'll give you all their very good reasons why they had to do it it just had to be done fires grandma's living out in the streets children eating dead dogs it'll be horrible yeah. but you know i i, I don't know <laughs> um, this isn't really your job. Speculate, Kale. What's it going to look like in ten years? Is the government going to continue to to feed off of the, the the marketplace like this? What's it? Can the marketplace continue to support this? Yeah, and I think that that's um, you know that's kind of the interesting part with um, when we see issues like this um, affecting the um, property property taxes because we think of property taxes as you know kind of your um, you know, relatively, I know it's a dislike tax, but it's a relatively, you know, good tax because um, we've mentioned this before, but it's really, it's ties the, um, you know, the value of the public good that's being provided, the parks mm-hmm. and those local goods to the, the people being taxed in a real way. And I think that it, in, you know, many ways it can hold people, um, you know, accountable, um, you know, whether it's kind of anecdotal or whether there's uh, more to it, you know, but you look at the um, states that rely heavily on the property tax, well, You've got a state like um, New Hampshire that has um, sixty-two percent of its uh, state and local revenue tax revenue coming from property taxes. Now, that's um, you know, and you also see that as one of the states that has um, pretty limited government. You know, a lot of people kind of are saying, you know, no, when it comes to that property tax bill, I don't want to pay a lot, so I'm going to be okay with not getting as much. And I think that's the um, you know one of the things that I think is uh, kind of valuable about the property taxes, but in terms of this going forward, I think that, you know, what we are going to see is that, um, you know, states kind of continue to use the cliche, uh, kick the can down the road. They don't really um, engage in dealing with their tax policy and spending, especially in a, in a manner that does this. And so we see, you know, every kind of conceivable um, way that states are trying to grab um, revenue uh, possible. And so, that's, you know, and so and states are now looking to where they can cut that doesn't look like a cut. And so what they do is they just, um, instead of cutting their own services they provide, they just kind of can cut the transfers they're making to the local governments. Mm. So I think in terms of property taxes, I think, unfortunately, this is going to um, likely continue for quite some time is that, you know, as states kind of cut the ties to the local government, they're going to, the local governments are going to have to step in and fill in more and more and more on these things. And I think that's, you know, we're going to see property taxes kind of continue to rise, um, you know, which terms of things, good or bad, property taxes are hated so much that this could uh, help lead to, um, you know, more pushback, you know, and more kind of saying, no, this is enough is enough. I think that, you know, New Jersey is an example of a state that, you know, has, you know, their tax code is riddled with problems, but it really was that property tax that I think kind of pushed, um Christie into office and really has allowed him to kind of step up and make a lot of, um, you know, pretty bold policy state uh, projections and statements that he's pushing for. 
Well, you know, I, I hope there's going to be uh, some kind of change. I hope it's not the kind of, uh, you know, situation that we saw in the 90s where, you know, the, the, the contract with America was, was pushed through and uh, the American people sort of kept their end of the contract, which was getting the Republicans in. And uh, the Republicans did nothing like keeping their end of the contract, which was, you know, to reduce the size of government and all that good stuff. And yeah. I just... I, 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 it's it can be so frustrating to look at these things uh, here in New Hampshire. Obviously, the pr- the property taxes are are pretty high. When you look at Massachusetts, you look at uh, Maine, you look at Vermont, the surrounding uh, states. It looks comparatively the property taxes look a bit higher than those places. Those mm-hmm. places no, all and, have, and they are they they are that's absolutely yep. right. I mean, they, they are higher. They have income tax. They have uh, sales tax. Well, uh, New Hampshire has basic all but has sales tax. They uh, really yeah. close to having sales tax. They've got taxes on everything yeah. except the plastic crap you buy at Walmart. Um, yeah. Not to diminish that, I'm not for any tax. I'm just saying that it's it's really it's a hair's breadth yeah. away from a, a sales tax. And uh, you know there are people in in this state that 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 believe the 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 solution to the state's economic woes uh, that we could all be so much better off if we would just institute an income tax which as far as i can tell would uh would only in make us like you know massachusetts and vermont and those other places where they have both and the tax burden is significantly higher yeah no and i think that that's one thing that we we do see and why you know i think there's there's advantages to being able to go without taxes and i think that um you know new hampshire actually you know i i try to compliment new hampshire as much as possible because you look at it, and you're really the only state that, you know, you go without both an income and a, a wage tax and a sales tax. That's uh, pretty impressive, especially considering you're not Alaska. You don't, you know, Alaska has that, you know, Welfare. all that oil up there. <laughs> they just are, they just tax away at, you yeah. know, and so for New Hampshire to do that, I mean, it's pretty impressive they've been able to keep those rates at zero. And I think that, you know, there's two advantages to doing that, really, um, from a, just a purely tax perspective. Um, not having one of the major taxes really kind of lowers the compliance costs. You know, um, I was talking with um, some people down in Arkansas and, about how long it takes them to comply with their uh, the sales taxes, yeah. and they said it takes them about two business days to uh, make sure that uh, a, a businessman has paid all his sales taxes. Um, you know, granted that you have a lot of these kind of um, one-off taxes, things like that, um, on sales that can happen in New Hampshire, but that's still, you know, the compliance costs are a lot lower. Much lower. Uh, in th- terms of income taxes, I mean, you still have to pay, uh, you know, you still have to go back through, calculate your state income tax as well. That's time for individuals. Uh, also, it makes the government bigger because you've got everyone on the other side of it that has to make sure everyone's paying and accounting for all that. So going without it lowers all the, 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 the other costs of taxation, your administrative costs of having a state IRS, basically, and the compliance costs, the cost that it takes businesses and you to fill out uh, the taxes. But the other thing, too, is that we, you were kind of mentioning is these, these basically act as really um, kind of revenue caps. You know, it really does kind of prevent and keep the government from having, um, you know, that extra um, source of revenue. And I think that that's it really it's a way to keep government a little bit smaller. And that's why. You know, I think the zero rates that you can put on things are really good. Yeah, because even it's it's it, when there's only one tax, it's difficult for the government to continue ratcheting ratcheting it up. If you uh, just have to pay nickels and dimes all over the place, that's uh, it, it's easier for people to pay more taxes that way than one big check 
twice a year now it's uh, it's gone to in most municipalities yeah. in, in New Hampshire um you know because it's just gotten so high <laughs> uh they, yeah. they and they 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 manage their money so poorly they can't even make it year to year, to year. they have to get it every 6 months but um I, I do think that that's that's an advantage. Did you? I, I'm sure you've read this. Uh, the Mercatus Center uh, rated New Hampshire as the freest state in the union. Are, are you familiar with that? I am. I am. I thought that was. Um, you know, New Hampshire usually does. Um, you know, come out on top. I think it's the the. You know, it's kind of the the limited government aspect that they do have that really does um, kind of keep it uh, keep them always ranking pretty high among the states. Uh, in terms, you know, we tend to rank uh, New Hampshire. Uh, relatively highly, um, you know, on our on things that we do as well. Uh, yep. For that reason, there's things that need to be improved, and as as you know, it's the uh, it's the destination of the Free State Project, and uh, we intend to improve rather than uh, just put the brakes on, uh, you know, slowing down the growth of government. We're hoping to uh, actually turn the tides and see some some shrinkage, which yeah, you know, America doesn't see too much of that. No, no, it, 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 it certainly doesn't, and I think that you know. One of the hard parts, too, um, especially when you're, uh, you know, when the economy is growing as slow as it is, is that, you know, one of the one of the things we always I'd always talked about um, with my friends was that, you know, well, if we can't, you know, stopping the growth of government is very hard. We have all these kind of theoretical reasons, you know, kind of the um, George Mason public choice aspects of bureaucracy and special interest groups are all out there that, you know, Unfortunately, it's going to be really hard to truly constitutionally constrain government. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, it's a Leviathan. It is going to want to grow. But, you know, what you can only hope is that to keep the economy growing at a faster rate than government. And if you can keep doing that, I think that's where you really have your best shot. Now, unfortunately, when we're stuck in a situation where we have the economy, you know, barely growing, you know, not even really, uh, you know, not growing fast enough to even really make any kind of dent in unemployment, um, things like that, that's where it's, um, you know, it's troublesome that it's going to be really hard to actually, you know, even keep government kind of constrained at the levels that it is or was. You know, Kale, I had never really thought of it that way, and uh, that's probably why you're the economist, is that mm-hmm. you could actually shrink the size of government by growing the uh, the marketplace faster than the the growth of government. So if you could limit the growth of government <laughs> to 1%, yeah. um you could and you could grow the economy at 3%, you could really leave the government in the dirt in some ways. Yeah, no, exactly. It all I mean it kind of depends on how you want to measure the size of government. You know, you it's it, in some ways government is very much kind of a fixed cost. Um you know, so you want to just say oh well we just need, you know, this set amount of you know, money spent on government, but there are some things that vary. You know, if population really goes up, you probably need some more schools. The, you know, kind of the absolute size of government will increase a little bit with, you know, that. But what you really want to keep uh, kind of in mind is that, um, you know, the, the measure that I like to look at is the size of government to GDP ratio. And that's, you know, it has yeah. held relatively constant. Of course, now that it's um, you know, it's it's on an on an upward march now, and I think that unfortunately is that since the economy is kind of stalled um, and government continues to grow, we're going to see that ratio uh, increase, which I which I do think is uh, more troubling. What's the percentage of the uh, you know sort of the government size to GDP? I've heard this number before, and I just wanted um, you know just to verify whether I'm thinking of the same percentage number. Um, you know, it it it's tough because a lot of different um, you know people. Uh, measure it differently, but okay. you know, likely it's probably going to be stuck around around 30 percent. But that is uh, likely to grow now, and it mm. is growing. So that's kind of what we're seeing. Um, 
you know, and that's that's but that's government spending, of course. You know, that's not getting into your regulatory burden and things like that sure. as well. You know, yeah. a lot of that, you know, and those are kind of the unseen costs that are harder to measure. Right. You have to, you know, you, you have to you have to put in a ten thousand uh, dollar ventilation system in order to to open up your sandwich shop. Uh, I, you know, that's just the burden on the people that do open the sandwich shops. The the unseen, as it were, the uh, the, the Hazlitt yeah. unseen is that yeah. is that, yeah. um, in fact, how many sandwich shops just don't get built because they can't afford the initial outlay of that ten thousand dollar ventilation system. I actually did know a woman who had a sandwich shop in sarasota florida it was uh Mm -hmm. on clark road or swift road or something like that and she 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 made her you know she made sandwiches for local businesses she delivered them she had a a guy on a bicycle that delivered them this was a a low-end operation she made delicious sandwiches i stopped in and sure enough the fire marshal comes in one day everything had been fine for two years but comes in one day and says you know what you need you need a ventilation system and blah 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 she made soup on warming pads so she needed yeah. a ventilation system that was going to cost her i said 10,000 but i think it was actually 80,000 was what this ventilation system was that they wanted you know giant chrome and steel uh, stainless steel thing and this she, she was out of business within 3 months yeah no absolutely it um you know that's that sort of thing is um you know very common when it uh when it comes to regulation it's not it's not uncommon for that that to happen and you know you have a lot of people that are going to push for it. It's kind of the, you know, regulation is always difficult because it's, it's, I think it's one of the harder arguments for um, kind of libertarians to make. It is can because be. It, it, because it comes so closely tied with that bootleggers and Baptist story, you know. And I'm I not think familiar that with that really, one. Okay, so the, the bootleggers and Baptist idea is that, you know, you have you, every special interest group oftentimes has um, um, a moral component to it. And so what happens is, of course, with prohibition, which is the bootleggers and Baptist story, right. is that you know you had a bunch of Baptist ministers, you know, talking yeah. about how evil drunkenness was, and this was the you know moral blight, and everything was wrong with this. Well, That's you right. know, and so and so they kind of pushed for prohibition, but then you had all these bootleggers being like, "Yeah, this is great! Like, come on, keep doing this," you know, and pushing it. And so, in the same way, you know, with um, regulation, especially like fire safety things like that, you know, you've got um, you know. Fire extinguisher makers, you know, fire alarm people, all these kind of groups pushing for that that have all this financial stake at heart in it. And, you and know, they, they'll trot and, out the, uh, the the fire marshals, of course, are on their end, because if you don't have something to limit people on, you don't need people that that pass out the tickets and do the limiting. Um, and yep. and they'll trot out this woman with her uh, child who has burns all over their body. If we didn't have a fire alarm in the house that we let the battery go out. It's so important. I'm yep. begging you, uh, Governor Smith, please sign this bill. And then, you know, you're screwed. Yeah, no, I think that's, and, you know, kind of. <laughs> It runs into you get a lot of these kind of moral arguments that are uh, difficult to uh, overcome in that case. Yeah, and so that's that's you know that's kind of the the you know the problem is that a lot of regulation is tied very closely with these you know this kind of a very emotional component. And so it works uh, you know it's worked well. So it's that's that's one of the main problems that I see. That's very tough with regulation. Also, it's just it's tough to convince people because you know it's as you were mentioning it's the unseen. You know, it really is. It's hard to un- it's hard to get your mind around it. Uh, that concept, indeed. 
Um, so, uh, Kale, I want everybody to read this uh, report that I did uh, you know, to uh, to their their mouth uh, uh, their face agog um, like mine was when I was realizing how much uh, the government is growing during the you know the worst times uh, in in my life as far as uh, the national economic picture goes. How can uh, people find this uh, this report? Yeah, sure. All you need to do is go to um, taxfoundation.org, and it'll be up on our homepage. So just uh, look for it there. It's usually it's probably be for the next couple of weeks, at least the you know next week, maybe one of the one or two of the top three stories in there. Excellent, Gail Paget. Thank you very much. Um, any, anything else you want to uh, get before I rush you off? Uh, nope. This is great. <laughs> Thank Thanks you for sir. having me. <laughs> Thank you.